0: Welcome to Atwood Unleashed 11. As usual, we have got an absolute blockbuster lineup tonight, courtesy of Ash. And we are starting off with a guy that the royal family has tried to shut down. He's got a book out that focuses on the Epstein case. There is a little interest on that subject on this channel. So, from six to seven p.m., we will be on YouTube. Seven to nine on Patreon. Links will be in the description box below the video. To get over the on the Patreon tiers, if you want to see the um, last two hours of this just watching people join the live chat right now as i am adding the links to the description box let a few more people jump on before i go over the blockbuster lineup all right those links are down there now so our first guest royals trying to shut him down talking about ian halperin out of canada His book came out in November, and it is called Controversy, Lies, sorry, Controversy, colon, Sex, Lies, and Dirty Money. And it reveals the secrets of the world's elites, including Prince Andrew, Jeffrey Epstein, Galen Maxwell, and he's going to be discussing this at length with us tonight until approximately 6.35. I think we could do hours with this guy. I'm surprised we've not had him on sooner. Thank you for coming on, Ian. All right, then viewer favourite, Ryan Dawson. From 6.35 to 7.00. He's going to be linking Leon Black's Butterfly Trust, Deutsche Bank, to Epstein. There was a few more people suicided in the derivatives market. We're going to be talking about that as well. i will explain what the derivatives stuff is. So at 7, we'll be taking our break, resetting on Patreon tiers 2 and 3. If you want to join us there check out the link in the top of the description box after ryan we've got another huge viewer favorite kevin annette who is presently being threatened by the canadian government he's going to be talking about what he suspects prompted the attack and i mean that guy is just so educated articulate and hard-hitting I think that I could say that about every single guest tonight. And we are going to be finishing off with Nick McKinley, formerly of the CIA. The man Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan was allegedly based on, who's now the founder of Deliver Fund, which is fighting against human trafficking. Talk about a frontline warrior going after the super predators. This guy is absolutely amazing. You'll hear about how he came across this stuff with the kids. And when asked why he does this stuff to help the kids, he said, once you look at this stuff, the the, the trafficking of kids, you cannot possibly look away. That's what's happened to many of us on this channel. It was a prison channel. We started to look at this stuff with the kids and we have not been able to look away. Huge thank you to Fred, Chris, and of course, Amy in Alabama, who is by no way, shape or form a hillbilly. She speaks in the BBC English. Doesn't have an Alabama accent whatsoever. (laughs) All right. Let us bring Ian Halperin in, shall we? This is just going to (laughs) start. This is going to go so fast, guys. Because once we get started with these blockbuster guests, our heads are just going to be...
1: Wow.
0: What is going on? That's what we're going to be saying. What is going on in the world? What are we learning here tonight? Because this guy, Ian, has got so much more knowledge about Prince Andrew that's going to blow your mind. And I'm bringing him in now. Do you see Ryan Dawson's book over my shoulder right there? Found it, signed copy, mailed from Japan. urge people to support Ryan to the fullest extent. Hello, Ian. Hey, how you
2: doing? I'm in Colombia, Medellin, and uh, thanks for having me on the show. It's an honor.
0: Are you doing the Pablo Escobar tour?
2: I'm doing it. Well, I've done it before. I'm doing a story here about child sex trafficking, which is the focus of my new book, uh, Controversy. And uh, look, it's one of the most abhorrent human uh, forms of behavior. And uh, my whole book deals against child sex trafficking. I'm the only person to ever interview the sociopath Jeffrey Epstein at length. And I... I, Ian, sorry sorry
0: to interrupt you, Ian, but can you press your video button? Sure. Thank you. Here we go. There we go. So Ian is broadcasting from Medellin, Colombia. If you didn't hear what he just said, he is investigating trafficking of kids. And he has done a extremely lengthy interview with Jeffrey Epstein. And in his book that's out last November, he's exposing not just Epstein, but... Prince Andrew as well in the royal family are none too happy about that.
2: Well, I Sean, I owed him in the book. Look, the fact of the matter is, Prince Andrew has a lot of explaining to do. I have incontroverti- incontrovertible evidence about his association with Epstein, how Maxwell introduced him to Epstein, manipulated him, and he's guilty. I have on the record information. I interviewed Epstein himself, the only journalist to ever interview him at length. It's a bit noisy here sorry Sean because I'm on the streets of Medellin so I could I can I can,
0: is, I can hear you fine how long was the Epstein interview
2: it was almost seven hours Sean it was supposed wow. to be 20 minutes and wow. it lasted I wore him down and during the interview he said stuff like you know that uh, I wish I was born a hundred years ago Ian because there were no laws to date 12 year olds then I could have dated anyone I wanted so it's disgusting and look I'm sure a lot of your viewers are fans of the royal family, but I'll say this exclusively on the record to you, that they used Meghan Markle as a, a decoy. Meghan doesn't even know she was played because they used her to deflect all the negative attention against Prince Andrew and to put it all on her and to make try to make the Andrew allegations go away. And Meghan's playing the race card. She's playing the victim card, emotional card, but she has no idea she's been played like a fiddle by the royals. And I've covered the royals for decades. And I'll say this: Princess Diana would turn over in her grave regarding the allegations against her former brother-in-law, Prince Andrew. I have on the record information that Prince Andrew abused underage girls, and incontrovertible evidence. The royal family has tried to stop the book. I've received all kinds of threats, and I'm just out to get to the truth, John. That's the key. The truth hurts, and that's why they're so against this book. It's called Controversy, Sex, Lies, and Dirty Money by the World's Powerful Elites."
0: All right, let's unpack that slowly then, because you've made an extremely serious allegation there, and you said you have evidence that Prince Andrew abused minors. For starters, then, could you tell us what that evidence is comprised of?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. I interviewed over probably around 800 people for this book. And I interviewed uh, women who say they are victims of Prince Andrew, provided proof. And everyone from, you know, look, Virginia Roberts-Jewfries, who was the first really to this rodeo, I debunked some stuff in her story. But at the end of the day, I do believe she's telling the truth. And there's others I interviewed. I'm not going to give it all away because I want people obviously to read the book. I'm facing a lot, a lot of pressure, to, you know, to from people who want to stop the book. So I'll say this: Prince Andrew is guilty. I will put my reputation against it. And he knew what he was involved with with Jeffrey Epstein. He knew what he was getting into. His relationship with epstein was like a brother relationship epstein also used andrew for money because through andrew's connections he was able to make a lot of money uh, by handling wealthy people's portfolios it's all detailed in the book sean and i'll say this until i it's sad because prince philip died last week and the funeral's coming up in a few days and until until a proper investigation's done. I know that Prince Philip covered a lot of it up. He tried to make the allegations go away against his son. Who could blame him? It's his son, but they really did a number on Meghan Markle. And I'll, I'll tell you one thing. Meghan Markle, she was played by Oprah Winfrey, by everyone, because they used her to misdirect the information wow. against Prince Andrew. And it's terrible because one of the worst, worst forms, of child sex trafficking happened and it's Buck- in, in the confines of Buckingham Palace. And there's got to be an investigation done, Sean. Immediately, immediately, this guy has to be interrogated because he should be behind bars with uh J- Jelaine Maxwell.
0: Okay, so it's documented then from Virginia's testimony to the court that she alleged that Prince Andrew participated in activity on the island, and I'm euphemizing here now because of YouTube's rules, participated in activity on the island with a bunch of girls who she believed looked under the legal age. Exactly. Who, was spe- who were speaking in, in East European accents. And this was full on activity as full on as it gets with Andrew participating, Maxwell participating, Epstein participating. And afterwards, they were mocking the girls, saying, "These ones who don't even speak English, you know, are the easiest ones to do this to." Are you talking about that? Is that part of the evidence, or are you talking about something else? It's an extension of
2: the evidence because I interviewed many of the girls, and then I even flew to Ukraine. I flew to Russia, and I interviewed girls who swore on their lives and their parents' lives that they were involved with Prince Andrew and Epstein and that Maxwell procured the girls for them. And that, look, I gotta make one thing clear. Prince Andrew is one of many involved in this. He's not the only one. There were many wealthy Middle Eastern businessmen who Epstein brought to his little St. James Islands, pedophile islands, who he flew on Lolita Express. He used them for business. That's how he made his money. He even admitted it to me. He said, look, I grow my portfolio. By bringing these guys in and putting them with supermodels, they pay exorbitant amount of monies. And then I convinced them to handle their portfolio. That's what he did to Andrew. And that's what he did to many others, Sean.
0: So you're actually saying, Ian, that you tracked down some of the girls that were engaged in this activity who'd been trafficked from Eastern Europe. You actually tracked some of those girls down. Yes,
2: I did. And I interviewed them. And I also interviewed Epstein, the people... Epstein's top people. I interviewed Epstein himself, but I also interviewed Epstein's top people, including his right-hand man in Paris, who would comb the streets of Paris, bringing girls to his sprawling Paris apartments, and would many of them underage. Many of them would be imported from Ukraine, from uh, Colombia, from all parts of the world, and they would be procured by Maxwell or Epstein to provide to wealthy, affluent clients like Prince Andrew
0: what leads did you have that enabled you to track them down?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. Look, I went from one source to the next. I interviewed many people close to Maxwell, close to Epstein. And one source led to another with leads on the girls. Several of the people who worked for Epstein gave me key leads as to names of the girls. So it was, and I used private investigators as well. I hired several. So it was a long, long investigation I mean, I spent years on this, uh, hundreds of interviews, and at the end of the day, I must conclude, sadly, unwaveringly, that Prince Andrew is guilty.
0: Okay, so you said that Meghan was used as a distraction for the Andrew headlines that are constant over here in the UK. Where are the Clinton headlines? Do you think Clinton <laughs> Everybody's has been
2: mel- asking me that everybody's asking me about Clinton. Look, I do have a lot about Clinton in the book. I have about a trip that Clinton and Epstein took to Africa and were with all these girls, many who looked underage. They were in a back room, and then they disappeared with them. I have the exact log, Sean. They said Clinton was on the Lolita Express 26 times. In my book, according to Epstein's tall people, he erased the log many times. And the actual number, Sean, is 61 times that Slick Willie Clinton was on the Lolita Express. So he definitely played his part.
0: What blowback are you getting from this book? And is your life under threat?
2: Well, it's a good question, Sean. I've been to this rodeo before. I'm the first journalist to really take on the Church of Scientology back in the day. When I used to do undercover characters, I posed as an alleged gay actor and I infiltrated the church because they deprogram people who are gay of their homosexuality, like John Travolta and Tom Cruise. They threatened my life. I had security for a year. In this case, I'm getting a lot of, a lot of threats, a lot of threats because there's a lot of Prince Andrew fans out there, a lot of anti-Megan people. Look, I'm not defending Megan and Harry. I'm just saying they were used. As pawns, they don't even know it. By the royal family, the royal family wanted them to be on Oprah. They wanted all the attention, so all the Andrew stuff would go away. And in fact, I could reveal to you who, who made the color comments about the baby, and it wasn't just one person, okay, about that famous color comment. And listen, it's not a racist thing. It, in many biracial relationships, people say, oh, I wonder what color the baby will be. I think it was totally miscarried out of proportion and almost every member of the royal family from Kate Middleston to Prince Charles to Camilla to the queen speculated about what color the baby would be. But I think it's fair game. Anybody who's been in a biracial relationship sort of wonders what color the baby would be. It was totally, totally taken out of context, that whole thing on the Oprah show. And I love Oprah. I've met her, great person, but It was all smoke and mirror, that interview. Everybody was used, including Oprah, by the royal family. They don't even know it.
0: What do you achieve by putting this information out there? Don't you think that Prince Andrew, the Queen's favorite son, and Bill Clinton are untouchable?
2: Nobody's untouchable. And if we don't get out the truth, we make them untouchable. And my mission is to get out the truth. That's why I have people trying to shut the book down, because unfortunately, Sean, the truth hurts. And look, I've been to this rodeo many times. I've written many bestsellers in your country. And I'll say this, the truth hopefully will prevail. I do believe at the end of the day, Prince Andrew has to be held accountable. I even have everybody accused Sarah Ferguson of, you know, with the toe-licking incident with the American businessman. They accused her of destroying the marriage. The marriage was toast already. Andrew was having an affairs affair with so many women before the toe-looking incident. It's all in my book, details of all his lovers, um, you know, infidelity when he was married to the the Duchess uh, Sarah Ferguson.
0: So in this country, it's Her Majesty's Prison Service. We have the Crown Prosecution Service. These are the institutions that go after the criminals and incarcerate them. The Queen's name is in all of them. How on earth is she going to allow anything to happen to her son? That's the
2: million-dollar question. And the reason why they're using Meghan Markle to to deflect, misdirect, they're like Houdini, the royal family or the firm, as (laughs) Meghan calls them. They're Houdini. And the fact of the matter is, if the Andrew stuff goes further, this could spell the end of the monarchy as we know it in the UK. So they really – and let's face it, Sean – when Megan first came on the scene they embraced her. She was gold for the Commonwealth. There's so many countries of color in the British Commonwealth. She was a rock star. But once the Andrew allegations hit, it was a concerted plot to take her down and to really misdirect all the information, all the allegations against Andrew onto Megan.
0: So what is the tipping point for Andrew then? Would it be if victims came forward who were underage? Or okay, does Galaine, so does Ghislaine Maxwell have that power in her hands?
2: I am offering exclusive on your show 10 million pounds to Prince Andrew to take a lie detector test, a polygraph within the next 20 days, 10 million pounds. I have an investor I'm offering and he, and he needs the money. He needs the money. So he claims Sarah Ferguson's been broke for years, apparently. I mean, we'd all like to go broke the way the royals go broke. They're the richest family on welfare in the history of the world. It's all on your money, the (laughs) taxpayer's money. But I am offering £10 million to Prince Andrew to take a polygraph within the next few weeks.
0: What do you think the outcome of Ghislaine Maxwell's potential trial date is?
2: I, I think she's going to be found guilty. She's already been charged. And one of the women who I was acutely aware of and alluded to in my book, she's been charged for a rape of a minor, an underage girl. And there's going to be many more charges. Just Jelaine Maxwell, in my opinion, will never see the light of day again. Uh, she, It's indefensible what she's done. She's playing, She's trying to have pity parties for herself. Man, what she did was so serious. And Sean, all kidding aside here. Child sex trafficking has got to be in the same conversation as rape, as sexism, as racism. It's disgusting. The most abhorrent form of human behavior, and it's that's why I'm taking it on. I want to stop it. It's monumental because it's a big business, but I'm out to expose the truth about it's all in the book about child sex trafficking, controversy, sex, lies, and dirty money by the world's powerful elite.
0: So if there were tapes made of people in compromising situations in the Epstein properties, doesn't Glenn Maxwell have the biggest treasure chest of political capital in the world right now? And couldn't she threaten to unleash that if it does go to trial and use that now, to get some play in the, the legal system? They learned
2: once by the death of Epstein, which I say in the book, most should be reopened. There's all kinds of crazy proof that this guy did not commit suicide on the day all the evidence was supposed to come out. And she is being held under lock and key, no access to anyone. So she can't leak out her secrets. They are handling this with extreme precaution, and they are not going to give her the time and chance to get anything out until their case is sealed rock solid.
0: So do you think she will be silenced and forced to take a plea bargain or else? Just get on with your time and shut up, like that kind of deal? She'd love a plea bargain. But again, if there is a plea bargain,
2: it would be a travesty because it wouldn't be justice. The only justice is for this monster, this sleaze bucket to go behind bars forever because she committed crimes against minors. And what she did to minors, rape them is indefensible, Lock her up and throw the key away. It's the only justice for the victims. A plea bargain would be atrocious.
0: I interviewed Maria Farmer, and she said that Wexner was the head of the snake, referring to the honey trap operation. Who do you think was, who else was in the conspiracy? And where do you see Wexner's role in this?
2: Well, Wexner was deeply involved, and I have it in the book, uh, Explosive Revelations Against Wexner, which I'll say for the book, I can't give it all to you here, Sean, but Wexner was the puppeteer in a lot of ways, and Epstein was the puppet, and Wexner gave Epstein a mansion in Columbus, Ohio, the biggest apartment in New York, and there's a reason why he paid that price to Epstein, and that's in the book. Let me say one thing for the book, Sean, otherwise nobody has to go in and buy the book here.
0: Leon Black gave 150 million A quarter of Epstein's wealth. Surely that money went to finance these horrific activities that you have been referring to. Why is nothing happening to him? Well, now he's a bit under the
2: microscope and stuff will happen to him. Um, I'll say this. There's many more people. It's not just Black, not just Wexter. There's many. Look, I, I out MBS in there. Mohammed Ben Salman was being involved with Epstein and there's big reasons why and I'll say this Epstein was complicit in the Jamal Khashoggi murder I have evidence from law enforcement that he provided uh, MBS secret information on Khashoggi eight months before Khashoggi was murdered
0: what's the relationship between Epstein and Elon Musk
2: There's not, you know, I didn't really get into that. The Musk and Epstein, it doesn't interest me at all. I mean, other people have done it. I'm only doing the stuff in my book that has never been done. Every page has new revelations. And I'll say one other thing. My, just my goal is to really expose child sex trafficking for what it is. It's again, it's one of the most disgusting forms of human behavior.
0: Well, look, Ian, the mission the statement of this channel is to end the war on drugs and take all those resources and go after the predators. So what you're saying absolutely ties in with what we're doing. Did you do anything on Bill Gates in the book? Just touch
2: the surface. I did stuff on Jeff Bezos in there, and that's people were worried. My lawyers, oh, Amazon not, might not put it on, but I was able to get it on with uh, – The Bezos stuff, there's quite a bit in there and other people. Sean, there's so many rich people connected to the sociopath Epstein. It's incredible. And he used them. That's why he had so much money. People, everybody says, how did he accumulate his wealth? Well, it's not rocket science. He used all these gorgeous young girls. He procured them for all these rich people who essentially handed over their portfolios to him. That's how he masterminded his business, Sean.
0: Do you think it went beyond that and he handed that footage over to intelligence agencies as well? The footage exists. I will not comment right
2: now on the status of the footage because I want it to get out properly and I don't want to sabotage the investigation in any way. At a later date, I could talk about the footage with you.
0: And so Ricurry, who died mysteriously, early 50s, had copies of files which John Mark Duggan who fled to Russia said he has was given copies of all the recurring files is that something you've looked into? I'll say this without
2: naming names files do exist not all of the files but duplicates exist and some of them I've been told about by various sources close to Epstein said stuff will leak out all of the footage has not leaked out and I don't want to sabotage the investigation in any way while you're talking about the status of the footage because I want the people to be put behind bars like Maxwell properly and I want to really expose child sex trafficking for what it is disgusting.
0: Who do you feel will be indicted next, if anyone, in this case?
2: It should be Prince Andrew. you got to go for the top. He should be next. Again, I am offering... 10 million pounds on your show. I've never done this before, and I have a financier who's willing to pay the money to Prince Andrew to take a polygraph test in the next two, three weeks. 10 million pounds. And I'm sure Sarah Ferguson's gonna give him a nudge for that because she'll do anything for a buck.
0: <laughs> We've got two minutes left. Is there anything you would like to say to the viewers in conclusion? No, I'd Ian? like to say
2: I'm a huge fan. You you run a great show. I, I, I've written many books about true crime and it's my pleasure I'm sorry about all the background noise I'm in Medellin, Colombia look at this Sean
0: <laughs> in the live chat they want to know used to be
2: the most dangerous city in the world and the Wall Street Journal voted it the top city for technology four years ago ahead of New York and Tel Aviv so it's beautiful you know what Sean there's no politics here everybody's just happy look they're all eating lunch and I'll say this the best vaccine Sean is it's not visor it's not moderna it's not j and j it's truth truth or a four-letter word and it doesn't start with f-u l-o l-o-v-e that's what we need is the vaccine and again prince andrew i know you're watching this 10 million pounds if you take a polygraph test by and i have access to the world's top polygraph examiners
0: <laughs> huge thank you for being on here we will Make sure we've got links to your book and links to your socials in the description box.
2: It's a pleasure from Columbia. I'm a huge fan. Keep up the great work. It's been an honor. Thank you very much.
0: All right. You take care, man. Cheers. Ian Halperin out of Canada. Can't believe we've not had him on yet. Next up, Ryan Dawson. If you would like to see Ian Halperin back on Atwood Unleashed, put one. In the live chat let me know we know you want to see ryan dawson on unleashed over and over and over and that's what we've got and here he is admit thanks hillbilly first number one and we have a book up here separation of business and state Ryan Dawson on the shelf right there. Finally.
3: How's it going, Sean?
0: Yeah, it's going good, man. How about yourself?
3: I'm just glad the tech worked. Bernie Madoff died today.
0: Yeah, I saw that.
3: Cheers. Chairman,
0: former chairman <laughs> of the NASDAQ.
3: Mr. Ponzi scheme himself. Yep. You so, like the, I got to show you this shirt. Check it out. Is the camera working? <laughs> Look at this wow that's the fresh wow prince, fresh prince of Belgrade, right there wow got epstein on his shoulder and he's eating pizza <laughs> how did you get that i made it that's brilliant
0: <laughs> are they available or does it just make it for you
3: oh no we we sell all kinds of offensive stuff like this on my website <laughs>
0: <laughs> anc it, report the description box is going to contain a link to that
3: yeah, knock on wood. I'm glad you got the book there next to paint uh, to Pete there. I haven't been banned on Amazon yet. <laughs> knock on wood. <laughs> right? only that's, every- that's the only one left. It's <laughs> the only one left. Oh, no, <laughs> <laughs> been banned on everything else. Uh, but yeah, that separation of business and state actually does cover a lot of the the uh, subprime mortgage and uh, securities frauds fallout from 2008 and. All you know, Epstein was in the middle of all of that, yeah. uh, As were many of his, uh, what we call them, customers were in the middle of all that. So, just
0: I'm just going to put you on speaker view while I grab a water. So, I'll let you tell the audience about you and what we're going to talk about tonight. I'll be right back in two minutes.
3: Let Sean get his water. So, uh, I've been on this show uh, many times in the past, that would unleash, I think, this is my fourth or fifth time, and uh. But before this show existed, I was on this YouTube channel with Sean discussing Jeffrey Epstein. I went over a large map of a lot of the players and the, uh, the Israeli sponsorship behind him. And I, we also did a show on Peter Nygaard, who the, the bridge between Nygaard and Epstein is Prince Andrew. That's why he's on my shirt. And we've covered that. And that was another abuse ring where they were drugging young women and, and doing the R word to them. And so I don't know if he's back yet or not, but I'd like to do a little call to action because a lot of people say, what do we do about it besides like knowing the information? And two things you can do right away is boycott L brands. Anything from Les Wexner, Victoria's Secret, or anything, anything under L brands, stop shopping there. And oh, yeah. also Nyguard products. He's already been banned from Dillard, but there's still some Nyguard products and Walmart and other stores never buy anything Nyguard. Never buy anything from Leslie wexter That's two things that that all of you can do. In addition to sharing this and supporting the researchers and helping the victims, stop giving these people money. There's
0: still Nyguard products out there.
3: There are some, yeah. Now they Sorry. got banned from Dillard's, which is good on Dillard's. To it's a major um, retail outlet, but yep. And LL brands is still there's obviously Victoria's Secrets and all the other things that Wexter owned. He's trying to to sell them off to other people, but nobody should ever buy from these from these people, even before Epstein. I mean, Les Wexter himself has been accused of harassing over seven women. And you know, all they are they're, they're into building Israeli settlements and annexing land and shooting kids and all of us anyway. And on top of that, you have all the white collar crime, and of course the uh, we'll call them sexcapades. So that's just additional crimes on top of other crimes on top of other crimes. These people don't deserve your money.
0: So I asked the previous guest about Leon Black's 150 plus million, but he didn't yeah. um, have much to say about Leon Black. I imagine you you do that.
3: I do. <laughs> <laughs> so I think. I'm going to get under Leon Black, but I just wanted to say, because I'm going to forget if I don't, have you seen Galane's, uh The Real Galane website? <laughs> I thought the Prince Andrew interview that you and I went over, uh, we went over Eric Weinstein's take on it, and I was answering his questions, and we were laughing because it was just so bad. But I think this website is worse. Like, oh, she's just a great lady that cares about the oceans. and Oh, my God. The animals
0: and the young people. Well, I finally heard her brother say her name, so I got the pronunciation. Yeah, it's Glenn.
3: I just call her Jizz Lane because that's funny. (laughs) (laughs) I'd heard Virginia say her name. I know, obviously, she knows how she lived with them, so she knew it was Glenn. But um, I call her Jizz Lane because that's uh, what she was. (laughs) <laughs> Not well I guess she still is you know on that website they complain about the filth in her prison cell which I have no doubt how filthy American prisons are and they were talking about the toilet overflowing and all this stuff and I was like yeah and there's a big fat Maxwell right in the middle <laughs> that's the, <make> the most <laughs> filthy thing in there uh, no we're I don't a floor have to herself,
0: before. an entire floor to herself yeah
3: yeah <laughs> She's uh, she's not doing well. They say, and, and this is what they do. And Leon Black will do the same thing. They try to play the victim, right? She yeah. abused all these we- girls and women, both, and um, and blackmailed all these people and ruined all these lives. And she's all woe is me. I'm the victim, and her brother and her sisters and stuff have a website and saying you don't know the the real Glenn Maxwell. She's just perfect little princess. Mm-hmm. And even Prince Andrew praised their father too. Like your father ripped off people's pensions, was a spy for a foreign country, uh, helped steal software away from the United States and the UK. He put Mordecai Benunu in jail. They had none of that's on the website, right? <laughs> <laughs> These people
0: <laughs> stole nuclear secrets.
3: Oh, for by the way, yeah, they. Well, I'm getting ready to talk about that too. Um. For your Patreon, because this, we're not going to get into this on YouTube. But I want to talk about the Butterfly Trust. And I actually have the consent order right here. Uh, we'll do that in the second half, but um, that all relates to uh, the nuclear theft and the rest of it. So, wow. Prince Andrew is a monarch. I'll just say that much. You know, when they named it the Butterfly Trust, what an odd name, right? The Butterfly Trust, and he's paying co conspirators with it, set up with Deutsche Bank. But if you know about Monarchs and Butterflies, I'm being very careful with how I say this on YouTube, but there is a particular Project Monarch by a three-letter something in the United States that if you want to puke in your mouth a little bit and go look that up later, Um, and that is where they get these names. So, I. I can't. I'll, I'll say. it after you. I don't want you to be the one that gets you kicked off YouTube. But those thank are the you. you can't, Appreciate that. <laughs> can't get into. <laughs> yeah, we even can't talk about Leon Black. So, the last okay. time I was on the show, I think we were going over McCain and Kasich and the Schottenstein family, and uh, I think I was talking about Michael Milken and his uh you know the junk bond king yeah because we talked about him financing tony blair's uh faith foundation which he did and as and israeli settlements but michael uh milken was also uh kind of the right hand man with leon black when they both worked in the same place at drexel because before apollo industries leon worked at drexel with michael milken michael milken's famous everybody If you haven't heard of him, just two seconds of looking his name up on any search engine and you'll be like, wow, (laughs) that was the Junk Bond King. And so this is where Black gets going. And it is the anniversary of when John Wilkes Booth shot Lincoln in the head. And I'm going to just to to prove my nerd status. I will link Abraham Lincoln to Epstein. (laughs) You ready for this? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> in this way. So a lot of these, a lot of these giant head funds and stuff and monopolies that Epstein is targeting uh, are only like two or three generations deep. That puts you right in reconstruction. Like my great grandfather w- lived in reconstruction. It's not that far removed from the civil war and the damage that Abraham Lincoln did. Lincoln is the original crony capitalist top hat and all he is the grandfather the founding father of neocons before the richard pearls before the kagans before any of that was abe lincoln he married corporation and state uh that is the where you get this and so a lot of the things that he started well really you could blame like the east india tea company and other countries had done this but in america he's the guy that starts this and one of the things he started was with um many of the railroads one from a guy named minor cooper keith who uh set up most of the railroads in costa rica and Colombia, and he actually started the banana wars the banana wars would go from 1899 all the way until 1934 and it they're not about bananas they're just called the banana wars but it was about railroads and the things transporting bananas as well as drugs and many other things That's what that was about. I spent some time going over that in a film I made called Empire Unmasked. And it's crucial because this is you want to talk about the stupidity of the war on drugs and a misallocation of resources fighting that rather than the human trafficking and like real serious crimes. In my opinion, this is where it all begins. Well, that guy's company was uh, converted uh, or merged with the Boston Fruit Company, which uh, later becomes. The United Fruit Company with Alan Dulles of the CIA and the people that killed Kennedy on board, uh, which was morphed with a uh, milk um, bottling company, ABK, which was started by Eli Black. Uh, They merged together and he called United Brands, which then becomes Chiquita Banana. So Chiquita, the United Brands, the United Fruit, Boston Fruit, back to the railroads with Lincoln. All one big thing. Eli Black is Leon Black's father. This is where their money comes from. He killed himself in 1975 because United Fruit was losing a lot of money because it wasn't. it's not really a fruit company anymore than Monsanto is, a, is just a GMO company. It's all CIA. And uh, they can't admit where the real money comes from because it's off the books. And so he tried to bribe a president of Honduras. He spent uh, $1.2 million dollars. To lower taxes on exports there and it caught up with him and he threw himself out of a 44 story window uh to his death from the pan am building a little ironic because pan am is what uh jeffrey epstein and uh tower financial was trying to do a takeover and it because of the Lockerbie uh, affair is is why they went under and see hoffenberg got thrown in jail and epstein weaseled his way out of it again but that's Eli Black. Uh, the Sun starts Apollo Industries. Uh, this is where he first admitted giving $10 million to an LLC that he set up to Gratitude America, which is something that Epstein set up at Deutsche Bank. Uh, and he was able to do this through Paul Morris, who followed him. Uh, well, Paul worked at uh, J.P. Morgan Chase, That's this little new map I have behind me here goes over all that with the it's complicated. They set up a whole bunch of um, of of little uh, liabilities and LLCs in the Bahamas and in the in Bermuda and places like that, that would just offload toxic assets for Bear Stearns basically They'd be in the red and they'd sell them at a loss to a subsidiary and then they would get the rating agency to look and they'd say, look, we don't have a loss. We're doing well. And then buy it back the first of the next month, typical stuff. They put commercial paper in that was bogus. the, The level of white collar crime is almost forgotten because of all the abuse of young women and other things that they were doing as well. Um, but that's all in there. And that hurt a lot of people, too. So I got that mapped out over my shoulder. But um, then we found out, no, it was a lot more than 10 million dollars of gratitude. In America, The New York Times comes out and says it's 50 million dollars. Didn't even mention that 10 million, just f- additional 50. Then an investigation goes through. We find out, no, it's one hundred and fifty eight million plus the 10 million. So that's one hundred and sixty eight million dollars that we know of, and I think it's even more than that, but that's what we know of so far, that he was paying Jeffrey Epstein and he couldn't really say, why? Oh, some advice on taxes and this and that. Really? He saved you over $168 million for that? Uh Uh-huh. Well, um, and this is all after he'd been arrested, okay? The Gratitude America loan and the 158 additional uh, payments were from 2012 to 2017 in a five-year period. Epstein had been arrested uh, and convicted by 2008. All right, so he's well aware of all this. And Epstein had been on uh, a trustee for the Deborah and Leon Black Foundation. That started in 1997. So their relationship goes back at least until then. Obviously, it's before then unless he met him and put him as a trustee on his foundation on the same year which i guess is possible but and they kept him on until 2012 they said oh it was just an oversight how do you not know who the trustees of your foundation are that's <laughs> that's not possible It's right? <laughs> that's not possible he and his wife were on it too uh, and you're paying somebody hundreds of millions of dollars you know that you paid somebody hundreds of millions of dollars you can't, I don't care if you're a billionaire or not, or, you know, if your company's worth billions and it is worth about, or it used to be, <laughs> it used to be worth 9 billion, not now. You don't, you don't just forget that you paid $158 million to somebody and made them a trustee of your foundation. That's not possible. And they did it through uh, these Deutsche Bank entities, which is also where Epstein would set up the Butterfly Trust, which was used to make um, cash payments for co-conspirators as well as, um, uh, what, what can we say, recruiters and groomers? was that allowed?
0: Yeah. Yeah,
3: that's what we'll say. Uh, a lot of Eastern European surnames on there. And Darren Indyke and others lawyers were doing these seven and a half thousand dollar withdrawals and things that wouldn't set off any alarms and paying people in cash and they they did this you know 97 times or something (laughs) that we know of and they said well it was for uh cash tips and this and that it's not and we know what the the gambit was by now and who why they were getting paid the standard massage was 200 bucks you know that's what they were doing but in the report, you can see pronouns referring to some of the co-conspirator two as her, and um, yeah, you know it's Maxwell, but by giving all the information around it, even though they don't say her name, and but the thing is, those dates are in that uh, 2012 to 17 range, and she's supposed to not have a relationship with Epstein long before that, she says. And so, what we find is we have this fourth victim being added to Maxwell's case. And almost immediately, Leon Black resigns. He'd stepped down from chairman. Now he's not the CEO or the chairman. And yet, a day ago, they had a a board meeting and he sat in on it, but he's not on the board. So, what's he doing? See what they did? They renamed it an information meeting. Okay, that makes it all right all of a sudden. So he's still there listening and making decisions, even though he stepped down. In addition to all of that, he has his own accuser now. This came out about five days ago. I think you were traveling uh, when this happened. But uh, a woman who he admits he had an, an affair with, although he claims it was consensual, Well, he claims two things. He says he has a consensual affair. And then he says he's been paying her hush money because she was going to come out and say it, but her side of the story, and she's about 40 years younger than him. So people can think of that what they want, but she's saying she was refusing his advances and was uh, manipulated and abused and she's coming out with it. Now she's put it all over Twitter. Um, Her name is—I'll probably say it wrong. G U Z E L. I think that's Jules, maybe. Um, A U L. What was it? G U Z E L. -L. Guzel. Jules. Something like that. I don't know. I've never heard her name said. Just seen it written down. But her last name is Geneva. But she's on Twitter and she is letting it all out. Um. It wouldn't surprise me that a guy that's paying $158, $168 million to Jeffrey Epstein and puts a international kidnapper, and R-word ring person on the board of his uh, foundation, lied about his money, cl- claims oversight, this and that. And then he has a mistress who he admits he's cheating on his wife with and having sex with. Um I don't think it was consensual relationship. I mean, it doesn't add up with everything else. His employee, Robert Kraft, also resigned two days ago. Now I saw that coming. I actually said it on your show. I said, you asked me who was going to be next. I said, I don't think we're going to get any of the Wexters or anything, but Robert Kraft, you remember we were talking about, he went to Florida and had um, uh happy ending massages. Can we say that? Yes. Yeah. And, and some, and I thought that was odd behavior for a billionaire. I mean, you could just fly to Vegas and do that illegally. I mean, if that's your thing, but he was in something called the Orkin Asian massage parlor in Jupiter, Florida, uh, 24 other guys wrapped up in this thing, but Robert Kraft was part of it. However, the, the main evidence of what was going on in there, uh, and that he was participating in this was videotape of the establishment, of them entering and leaving. And they wouldn't allow the videotape to be shown. Must be nice to be a billionaire. And the women have all been fined thousands of dollars in fees and fines. And the men uh, have gotten away with it. But he still resigned anyway. And so this is what I'm thinking. Leon Black resigns. Robert Kraft resigns from Apollo Industries. The money that they were given Epstein is out. The Deutsche Bank story is getting out, and I'm about to give more on that. There's a new victim in the case for Maxwell. It's 90-something percent chance he's going to take a plea bargain in July because they can't let it go to trial. It just involves too many of the most important, wealthiest, most powerful people in the world. And they're going to have to limit her plea bargain, too, because even if you plea bargain, which is how most cases in the United States go, you're still telling on other people, you know, like you got to throw somebody under the bus to reduce your ten sentences. And so how is she going to limit it? But these people seem to know that, um, yeah, the shoe's about to drop and they're trying to distance from at least save Apollo uh, from their own behaviors. You got a guy who's 80 and another one is 76. They'll try and ride it out, but um, they may have gotten some info a few months early because they're already starting to run or it could just be the pressure of why are, did you pay Jeffrey Epstein all of this money? Um, but you know, Robert Kraft had gotten away with it. He still owned the new England Patriots foot, American football team. It hadn't really hurt him business wise because it was just, uh, you know, half day reporting and gone. Uh, They really didn't care about Epstein's associates or the Epstein story at all. As soon as Donald Trump wasn't part of it, the media lost all interest, which is just sad. And I really honestly think the only reason the Epstein story got any life at all is because of the Acosta Trump connection they thought they had in the beginning. Uh, And when that fizzled out, so did all interest, but Not for you and me. I mean, I'm wearing Prince Andrew Epstein shirts. I'm trying to keep this on in the conscious mind of everybody because this goes all the way to the top presidents, prime ministers, royals. Although I personally think the concept of royals is just silly. Other people don't, they're important to some people for some reason. I don't know why, (laughs) but they are, uh, they're just giant welfare Queens in my opinion, but it's a sick family. Charles was knew Jimmy Savile And Andrew knew Nygaard And Epstein and you know who knows How many others but I heard Prince Andrew Is going to come to Canada To visit Nygaard in jail Just to tell him he can't be friends with him anymore <laughs> 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 And then I say know. no I was just having Pizza <laughs>
0: <laughs> maybe, that maybe he'll too. call him
3: unbecoming <laughs>
0: And on that note, we are going to have Ryan Dawson unleashed on Patreon in about five minutes. We will be able if to. If you say want to talk more. about
3: the junk bonds and derivatives market and stuff, I don't know if that's boring to people or what, but we will be able. I've to say written a lot things more. about it, and I'll put. I'll send the links to Ash.
0: Just to recap, then Ryan Dawson is back for part two this evening. He just took us through a historical account of the origin of the black money, which was a journey for United fruit company. Something I touched on in one of my books at some point and the origins of the CIA and how the fruit company was a front just to go on.
3: Yeah. So yeah, United fruit, actually a lot of the fruit is really was being delivered by railroads and that's all part of the disaster from Lincoln and grant where he married the state and company together and uh, for the blacks, in particular, if you 're talking about Cooper Keith, they created a railroad across Costa Rica um because there was no Panama Canal yet, so the way you did it was you put a road across and you went from one ship to the other and it was all they planted banana trees along the railroad to help finance it, but everybody knows they 're shipping marijuana and cocaine and everything else, so that's that 's what they 're really shipping. And the Dulles brothers were both on the board of United Fruit um, and then John was also part of a bank. And that's a long story, but the the, the precursor to the CIA and the Federal Bureau of Narcotics, uh, which Doug Valentine has some great books on, um, all come from these mega companies tied to the state. And this is where the, the all this old school money goes right into the the black family and other Epstein associates If you trace back, oh, where'd they get their money? Uh, Like we did with the Bronfmans and we did with the Steinharts and Wexner, all goes back to organized crime, right? And so if you look at uh, Sol Steinhart or Samuel Bronfman, uh, they're running liquor and stuff for the Rothschilds and Lansky. And it's the regular uh, Giovesi crime syndicate and the Bananas crime syndicate for the person that probably killed Epstein in jail, Right. Um, they were mob associates and that was the easiest way. You you got a guy that lives in his room that used to be an ex cop that worked for the mob. Pretty easy to pay him off to choke him, right? Nick, Nick Tagliona had also a zip tied to death. Uh, one of his four victims anyway, choked him to death with a zip tie. This thing was, um, it, there are two guys with similar names, Miguel Smith and, And I think Michael Smith, whatever, he killed him, though, it was zip time. Anyway.
0: And, of course, in the 60 Minutes photos that were released of Epstein's cell, we saw
3: all the electrical cords that could have easily been used. You could choke him with that or he'd just bring something in with him. I mean, it's a piece of plastic if that had been used. You can see the cuts on on his neck. There's two cuts on the left side of Epstein's neck. So if someone's right-handed, they pull a little harder with that hand than the other he's moving around thing is you wouldn't do that to yourself and he broke a bone in his neck his brother had to ask for the second autopsy he was murdered there i mean we all knew he was going to get murdered by the, he's not going to last this guy is tied to the most powerful people on earth there's no way uh and it was weird they attempted it they said oh i found him in a cell it wasn't until after he created that 1954 trust where he passed his money on to all his cohorts and then within 30 hours, he was dead. So
0: That's
3: do awesome. you think
0: Epstein presented a bigger risk to these powerful people because of what you just described about all of these financial transactions? Oh, yeah.
3: Like, as far as the girls, that was the Maxwell was more... Um, she groomed him, and she had, she, she was like the secretary. So she, you know, and she hired all the other little secretaries that were keeping dibs on this and black book and all that. But as far as the financial crimes, which is what the blackmail was for uh, and spying Epstein was the, the only one involved in that Maxwell's doesn't understand that kind of stuff. So he was the cutout and he wasn't, he wasn't like a great mathematician. or He wasn't a great economist or anything like that. He was a great con artist. And so he was a good construct. So he get in with his women, bouncing on his knees and stuff, and he knew how to BS somebody. And a lot of people that own these businesses, they're not the, – the assumption is like, oh, they went to a great school, and they're all super geniuses, and that's why they have all this money. Not really. It's They're just the sons of other people <laughs> who made money, usually through organized crime. So there's nothing, like, special about them. They don't know the ins and outs of their own businesses half the time. A lot of billionaires just get really good at one particular thing. Like I know a billionaire, all he does is sell socks to Walmart and other, you know, big distributors, tube socks. All he knows is socks. He's not bright, but he knows that. And he's got, he's got the right connections in the factories in China and stuff. And he makes lots of money selling socks, right? They're not the, uh, the, the like geniuses that people think. And so Epstein could get in there, and BS about science and all that. Like he was on a board for New York state university, but when he talks to an actual scientist, like Stephen Pinker or something, Steven's like, this guy's a moron. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know anything about science. But when he's talking to somebody like Leon black about science, or he's talking to a scientist about hedge funds, he can appear like he knows what he's saying. Cause they don't know what he's saying. And these people never admit that they don't know something. But anyway, she, he was more deadly on the white collar crime. I think. But uh, as far as who was actually worse with the abuse, by all accounts, all the victims say Glenn was worse. She did all, everything he did and was more mean about it. So. You've
0: got two questions of have come in for you on what you just said. The first one is from Safia, who said, what has Epstein's brother said? And Andrea wants to know, are there any details of the autopsy that have not been released to the public?
3: So uh, Epstein's brother, Mark, was a he's actually a real estate rival in new york with the kushners <laughs> and he a lot of the property that epstein was using to house models like Luc Brunel's models of stuff stayed in mark epstein properties that doesn't mean he's aware of what they were doing in there they apparently didn't really talk very much at all but he even didn't believe that his brother killed himself i mean epstein had fantasized about having his brain and penis frozen and trying to live forever and spawn offspring with his genetics and he didn't want to die and he had enough money to spend 10 hours a day talking to lawyers you know he wasn't even really in jail jail yet he hadn't burned through his money at all Uh, he'd gotten away with it before he was thinking he could still get a deal Um, but the others said no man you messed up twice we're getting rid of you But as far as the autopsy photos go, uh, I don't think that was properly reported. It just sort of got leaked. And so you can see the cuts on his neck and you can see all the things in his room that he could kill himself with. Um, and you're not supposed to have these things. Like uh, the sheets are, you can tear them with your fingers. Like, and they're like that on purpose so that you can't hang yourself. Like, do you really think Uh, top jail in the United States doesn't know that prisoners will try to hang themselves for their sheet or pillowcase. Duh. Right. That's why they make them so thin that your body weight would rip it anyway. Right. And he didn't braid them together or anything. It's just an excuse They had to come up with something and hang on on what, right? The top bed bunk, which is like four feet off the ground. (laughs) It did. They didn't care how bad it looked. they are like, he's got to die it'll that will look bad but letting live is gonna look worse they did the math and they you know basically paid the cops to look the other way turn the camera off get his allegedly get his roommate out of there so he's alone and then we're gonna find him dead um does epstein have the money to do all that himself he could have he could have paid he could have wanted to die and paid people to you know look the other way and let him kill himself um, but then you look at his injuries and his broken neck bone and the rest of it, it said, no, one Epstein paying to allow him to kill himself. He was murdered. Um, and we knew it was going to happen. It was just too big. I mean, this led up to beyond Wexner and stuff. When you look at, I didn't say this on YouTube, but I'll say it now. Why does Leon Black call his, uh, Apollo Industries, and Jeffrey Epstein's island is owned by a company he named the Nautilus Incorporated. What does the Nautilus and Apollo have to do with each other? Apollo, Pennsylvania is where the Israelis stole uranium to build nukes, and the Nautilus program is the first nuclear submarine that Raphael Edenton diverted the 97% enriched uranium away from that to Damona, which is where Mordecai Venu blew the whistle on Israel, which is who Robert Maxwell threw in jail. These names are not coincidences. The Nautilus Program and Apollo, and they're paying each other, and they're both accused by young girls of raping. Wow. And then you've got the Butterfly Trust, which is named after the Monarch Program. The ultimate be when MKUltra was studying mind control, which doesn't work. I mean it does but it's way more reliable to just pay somebody than it is to try and brainwash them that was the conclusion but they started and they had there's mk naomi and other things but the monarch project was like mk ultra on children because they decided you know what the problem is we're trying to brainwash adults you got to get them at an early age and wipe them clean and uh you can brainwash children it turns out if you give them sleep deprivation and drugs they'll basically do whatever and and their their mind is so messed up they they'll no one will believe them for one and Epstein's a huge fan of this kind of thing. This is where I mean he did he they would go and try and find the noobles and they would prowl around trailer parks and stuff in the beginning to try and find girls that if they said anything, it's like their word versus this, you know, they're billionaire. No one's gonna believe the little kid. She's just trying to get money or whatever. Why would I do that? Blah blah blah. But by the time they had Burnell and others, they were pipelining women in models and recruiting from, um, well, places like Ukraine and I think places that have been hit very hard financially from other geopolitical events. Not their fault, but, you know, they end up in the situation they're in. They take their passport away. And so he sets up this Butterfly Trust. Now we have the uh, Senate order right here, Right. And I won't go through the whole thing. I mean, I will if you want, but the juicy parts start on this page here that I've highlighted where you see the co-conspirators, right? And they do this really silly thing where they say things like U.S. Bank 1, Relationship Manager 1, Executive 1, Executive 2, things like that, and they don't name them. And yet they do because they'll say things like, In early 2013, Epstein, who had been banking with one of Deutsche Bank's competitors here in U.S. Bank One, began the process of moving his assets to Deutsche Bank. And then later on, they say, Relationship Manager One joined Deutsche Bank in November 2012. Well, it doesn't take a lot of digging to figure out who joined Deutsche Bank in November of 2012. They give you the year and the month, right, who also used to work on Epstein properties. And that's Paul Morris. And so um, Paul Morris is relationship manager one. Charles Picard is executive one. And these two are the two Gibranis that went and visited him in Florida and New York. And they're be- they're like, uh, they, wh- why, why are they visiting him in person? To interview him and say, well, you stop fucking children, right? Okay. <laughs> you know, they And they're just like, well, how much money can you generate for the bank? Okay, okay. Well, he sets up a butterfly trust, and then your lawyers are going in, and we know which ones those are too, are doing these cash payments to co-conspirators. And that's a huge red flag. And they just ignored it. Like, okay, these these people, you know, you, you settled or whatever. They go, yeah, but they weren't actually convicted. You know, they, there was a settlement, and it's never, nah. And they just let him pay prior co-conspirators in something that he at least got convicted for, even though they reduced it to these ridiculous... Charges of prostitution of a minor, or whatever uh, they knew, and they did it anyway. So, U.S. Bank One is J.P. Morgan Chase, uh, and then you got Charles Picard and Paul Morris, and then later on they go through and they show you they have staff meetings for uh, the general counsel for the Americas and the head compliance officers and so on. And that was uh, Michael Chapega and Jan Ford. And the second executive that they mentioned is Stuart Clark. And you can figure that all out through deduction. And um, I don't think that's secret now. I think even the um, New York Times has reported on two of them at least. But, you know, why isn't this right in your face in the news that? An international kidnapping and rape ring with ties to the Israeli state has got blackmail on all these people and is passing girls around. And he's using major banks to pay people in cash who are already caught as co-conspirators. That that should have been on all the three-letter networks and everything, but it's not going to be because it involves Israel. I mean, Israel bombed Damascus a couple days ago, All right, They attacked Syria. Was that on television? Nope. It was on American TV, British TV. Any, it was only in the foreign press. Now, imagine if Syria attacked Israel and it not being in the news. That's impossible, right? Thank that you. is how tight they own our press. If whatever Israel does, those crime it's just, oh, what, nothing to see here right? Their president got convicted of rape. A lot of the financial backbones and that, why is Wexter, why do they have all these philanthropies? reasons? Why are they stealing uranium? Why are they, who are they serving? Who is Maxwell working for? And the father, the Israelis. It's Israel. Jeffrey Epstein is not just some math teacher, uh, you know, who funked out of college and got a job with Ace Greenberg. Ace Greenberg also had to pay $2 million to one of his victims at Bear Stearns and does all this stuff on his own and just avoids you know, one white collar crime after another where everyone around him goes to jail except for him. He's not doing that by himself. Glenn Maxwell didn't just find some boyfriend that ends up buying an island in the Caribbean. They got backed by the Israeli state and the Israeli state has its own billionaires in Canada and the United States that have been facilitating the bribery and blackmail of the American and British governments for a long time because that is how they get away with annexing Palestine and dragging us into war in Iraq and Syria and everything else. And you'll never, ever see that explained on TV. (laughs) That's what the mega group is, and that's what the precursor to the mega group was. That's how high it goes. But I'll be satisfied if we can grab Prince Andrew or Alan Dershowitz. That would be good enough for me. But (laughs) 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 it's not going to go that high. Dershowitz has been accused of this for a long time. I just went back on my forum, seeing stuff from 2005 and stuff about Alan Dershowitz and Katie Fidlin. And, you know, long before his, his infamous, I kept my underwear on speech. Everyone knew, right? Everyone knew about Harvey Weinstein too. A lot of these people, um, it had been known Woody Allen, Jesus. I mean, he raped his own adopted daughter (laughs) and he hangs out with Epstein. Um, it's, you know, when you hear these rumors in Hollywood, you got to say something because most of the time they're real.
0: You've got quite a good question coming from Matthew Steeples, Ryan. It's a long one. Have you identified any connection between Epstein and Bernie Madoff, especially given Ruth Madoff's father, the late Saul Alpern, ran a business based out of Palm Beach and Fort Laurendale with Frank Avellino and the late Michael Bionese? that business was ultimately closed down by the sec in dramatic fashion in 1992 though Avelino and Bienes then continued to be involved with Madoff until the end in other ways. But have you identified any link between any of these figures?
3: Well, there are, there white collar crime links. I have not seen anywhere where Bernie Madoff was messing around with children or any kind of honey trap, but, uh, You know, the ones that end up getting caught and thrown in jail are the expendable ones. It's the ones that go against the plans If Bernie Madoff or someone like Elliot Spitzer or Michael Vitter or possibly Senator Gates. We're seeing right now is being accused of things. And he's saying, no, they they tried to bribe me with $25 million blackmail, blah, blah, blah. When any time someone reports on Wall Street crimes like Spitzer did. Or, you know, because he he blew the whistle on these uh, banker bailouts and whatnot, suddenly, whatever they've been doing, that dirt comes out and everyone learns about it and they get punished, right? Jack Abramoff or Bernie Madoff, um, not doing things that different from what the Bidens had done, for example. The Bidens ripped off Native American royalty funds and sent it to Israel, and so did Jack Abramoff. Jack Abramoff got punished. Nothing happened to the Bidens, uh, well, except for Devin Archer. he got you know, He's in jail, but Hunter Biden's not in jail, and Chris Hines is not in jail. Not the sons of senators. Nothing happened to them, just their business partner, right? It's just like Steve Hoffenberg. He goes down with Tyrell Financial, but Epstein doesn't. So um, I would guess that there is not a relationship with uh, Madoff and Epstein as far as the women portion of it goes. When you say is he connected, I mean, it's yeah, I, I guess. Like you can say, you know, if you have enough degrees of Kevin Bacon, he's related to somebody, he's related to somebody, related to somebody, and they're all involved in the scheme. But I, I like it to be more solid than that. Like if I'm going to throw someone on the map, I want like one or two degrees, right? I bet if I started digging on that, though, maybe we'll, we'll find something else. But uh, Bernie Madoff is... He passed away today. He he got punished for what he did at least. But he was a minor league. If you really look at what was going on at Deutsche Bank, what was going on with Citigroup with the CIVs, actually the same law firm. CIV is a structure investment vehicle for those who don't know. Citigroup is one that invented that. Um, offloading commercial paper that should never been created. Getting collateralized debt obligations that were given faulty ratings because they lied and bribed the rating agencies that's all in the separation business estate by the way but the same law firm that uh helped hide the sibs from Citigroup are the ones that attacked um the the first victims of harvey weinstein and they're out of london it's called um allen and ogre and well they they work in the americas and hong kong and all over the place but um interesting that they go to the same vicious Hawks. Now, they were ultimately not able to save him after, uh, Pharaoh went after Weinstein and even more women, uh, came out with their accusations in the Me Too movement and Harper Weinstein is sitting in prison where he ought to be, but that should have happened a long time ago. The same with Leon Black, the relationship he had with this Giselle or however you say her name. Um, she said she was forced to sign an NDA in 2015. And but it started in 2008. Right? Uh, that's a long period of abuse. But it's so hard. It's so difficult, like Robert Kraft punished his victims, and he got in no trouble. Recently his last year, it's so hard to go after somebody that has billions of dollars. They have all the lawyers. They get all these law firms. They, the press is willing to cover things up for them. When Pharaoh went originally approached NBC about the Weinstein story, they wouldn't run it. Then he went to the New Yorker magazine. They're like, this is explosive. Yeah, this is verifiable. And they ran it. But NBC rejected him. CBS rejected the Epstein story. right? Because they know, oh, who's it go back to? And it wasn't because of the royals. They don't mind put saying nasty things about the Royals. It's cause it linked to Israel. That's why the story got killed. You can say bad things about the princes in the United States, especially we don't care, right? This is, it's just gossip. Uh, they said terrible things about Charles and the rest of them. It's not a problem. Um, not worried about losing access. That was an excuse. Um, any hit piece on the Royals is clickbait. Right. They're, they're doing some silly racism story right now because everything in 2021 is about race. This is what they do. Right. But uh, You would think the public would be interested in these white collar crimes and sexual blackmail and rape of all these young women. I guarantee you that would be a hot story. But they don't want to touch it because it involves the Israelis and Israel. I mean, they. They murder kids, they annex territory in the West Bank, they're slaughtering Palestinians in Gaza, and it's never on television, not once. And you know, and the same with the Saudis. Do you want to talk about the really untouchable royals? It's the Saudi royals. Hundreds of billions of dollars in weapons contracts with the United States. They're starving people to death in Yemen. They've got Sudanese mercenaries, they wrecked the island of Socotra all the things they're doing in North Africa, they're with Al Qaeda in Syria and none of that's on TV either. You've got so
0: many questions come in, Ryan. I don't think we've got time to go over them all, but I'll just move over to the next one. Um, does Ryan have any info about Isaac Cappy?
3: Don't know much about Isaac Cappy.
0: All right, let me go straight over to the next one. Then is there any update on Epstein's housekeeper from the island?
3: Oh, well, you know what? Next show you and I need to talk about all the strange suicides. That'd be a good one. I thought we were going to talk about some of the weird druid. I did send a link to Ash on, uh, for example, like Seth Tobias and all these people that just have drowned in their pools. Um, He was drugged, by the way. He was seeing a male hooker named nickname was Tiger because he had tiger uh, striped tattoos all over his body. Weird stuff. All down in Florida. (laughs) I sent a link to Ash called Four Strange Deaths, but if you look into um, a lot of the people around Epstein, drivers, housekeepers, chefs, etc., they don't live very long.
0: Yeah, we might have to continue um, the main themes on another occasion while we get through these questions.
3: That also adds to like he definitely was murdered because everybody around him is disappeared.
0: So, twelve-step woman wants to know: Is Melanie Trump an ex-victim of trafficking?
3: Melanie Trump. Melania. No, Melani, oh, oh, Melania. Oh, no, Melania. no. Melania is um, from Slovenia. She's happily married to Donald Trump. Now, Ivana Trump apparently did uh, drive around with Glenn Maxwell uh, trying to find girls to work for Epstein. So, not Ivanka, Ivana. His
0: Ivana, ex-wife. that's what Maria Farmers mm-hmm. told me as well. Next question.
3: Not the daughter, that's Ivanka. Okay.
0: Next question is Has anyone looked deep into who was being blackmailed? I feel like they keep us tied up on the girl, which is important, but not who they use the girls with.
3: They blackmailed Bill Clinton, and one of the two of the things they did is they forced him to hire James Woolsey as a CIA director. And that's who Israel wanted. He's the architect of uh, connecting 9 to Iraq falsely through lies about anthrax. That's one of the things they did. Uh, and that was before Lewinsky. She was secondary. Um, Lewinsky was to take heat off of the blackmail they already had on Clinton. Like, oh, it's her. Long before Lewinsky, they had Clinton 61 times, I think, flying. If you really look at the logs that were deleted and everything else. Um, that's what they're saying. Uh, he was on the island many times. It wasn't just a a trip to Africa one time with some comedians. Bill Clinton was always there. And, you know, that guy had been compromised since his Arkansas days. And Sean has some good material on that. Uh, so does, um, um, well, there's lots of authors, but I was going to throw one behind me. Philip Day Scott and and also Doug Valentine and others, the Clintons are a mafia family. Hillary Clinton took Nexium money. Why was it they they stole kids from Haiti? <laughs> these people are just wretched. And so once you're blackmailed, it's kind of like well, why not keep going, right? And that seems to be the case there. But if you look at the people that got blackmailed, uh, like what are they doing? One they're feeding into the Wexner uh, Epstein empire because they have, you don't, know, you think Leon black wanted to give a hundred million dollars to Epstein, 150, 160 for advice. No way, no way. You know, but once you got him, you got him and he's P he could not keep his dick in his pants. The girl he was having an affair with was not underage at least. Um, pretty close though. And, you know, they got him by the short hairs, literally. And that's what they're doing. They targeted a lot of people involved in science and technology or tried to, and some of them didn't bite. So maybe, yeah, maybe he's got a picture with Elon Musk, but maybe Elon Musk thought he was a weirdo. Steve Finker, same thing. He thought he was a weirdo. Uh, the guys that are actually smart scientists, engineers, et cetera, talking to Epstein saw through his BS. So they're like, you you don't know this at all. Uh, but he did find a lot of targets and a lot of them were willing participants. Um, the ones like, for example, um, when we were talking about Leon Black's fa- father, Eli, one of the things I didn't mention, he was a trustee for the Lincoln center, as well as the United Jewish appeal. United Jewish appeal has changed its name, but that's the one set up and, uh, was the president of it was Charles Bronfman. And, of course, the, his nieces were involved in the Nexium cult, and Edgar, Ed Bronfen was also in business relationships with Jeffrey Epstein when he was at Barrett's Terms. They're part of this whole Israeli clique, right? Eli Black's money uh, before, because Leon Black didn't create his money. His father did. He just joins the club, right? Part of the Lincoln Center, part of the United Jewish Appeal. The United Jewish Appeal is tied to Haganah terrorists, Human trafficking, drug running, gun running, all that. All that fun stuff. Rabbi Freeman's part of that. He's the co-founder of the Wexter Foundation. Sean. Hey Nick, how's it going, man? Pretty good. How are
0: you? Good to meet you. Absolutely fantastic. Now, our mission statement on this channel is to end the war on drugs. Take all those trillions, you know, they've spent to people think in terms of stopping the drug flow. And Take it and go after predators. What's your in, um, interview on Valuetainment? I'm a friend of Patrick. I've been on it myself. Absolutely blown away by your, by your mission. It dovetails into what we're trying to do. Your first-hand on-the-ground knowledge, the harrowing story You know of the, of the kids were getting trafficked to the bomber and all that kind of stuff. So absolutely salute you. Could you just tell the people watching this this evening then a little bit about you by way of introduction, please.
1: Sure, thanks for having me. Really appreciate it, and uh, definitely uh, like the the direction you're going with, uh, you know, helping us fight fight predators. So, uh, again, I'm Nick McKinley. I'm the founder and CEO of Deliver Fund. We're a nonprofit uh, private intelligence company that helps law enforcement hunt down human traffickers so they can put them in jail where they belong.
0: Absolutely. But um, let's take us through the complete journey of how you got there.
1: Sure. So I uh, uh, started my career in military special operations in the United States Air Force as a pararescueman. I then transitioned, uh, did a couple of years of private personnel recovery work, uh, primarily for financial institutions. And then uh, and it, when I say private personnel recovery work, what that usually meant was that some very wealthy investment banker went overseas, did something stupid, usually involving alcohol and women. And uh, then I was the guy who had to go get them out of that situation before the uh, financial analysts found out and their stock price went down. So I did that for a couple of years uh, and then got got a very interesting call asking if I would be interested in uh, joining a program at the Central Intelligence Agency. So I did, and it turned out to be a, a phenomenal career. Uh, but in the course of that career, I kept bumping into the human trafficking problem overseas and, and then in the United States and decided that it was something I had to do something about.
0: And that's, you know, on this channel, we started out with stories of true crime prisoners, then we went ex-cops, uh, ex-prison guards, victims of abuse. And you said something very emotional, that resonated that when you look at that problem, it is something you can't turn away from. Then you've just got to do something about it. And What led to that moment?
1: Yeah, so I actually was quoting uh, actually uh, William Wilberforce, one of uh, one of your fellow uh, countrymen, who who was really the driver for uh, uh, dismantling the. The white slave trade that was happening to uh, to America, uh, and and the rest of the world, and so uh, he he really said, you, you know, in one of his uh, one of his speeches to Parliament that once once you know, you can never you can't look away, and you can never again say you did not know. And that was really where I was where I was focused. Uh, most of the work that I did at the CIA was counter narcotics related, counter uh, counterterrorism related, and. We kept bumping into human trafficking, but there was really nobody to to take the intelligence on the human trafficking activity that we were finding and pass that off to somebody. Uh, And I'm sure you heard me say it on value attainment. And I've said it many, many times, you know, at least here in America, um, we have a drug enforcement agency. Yet 90 percent of drugs are legal. Uh, right, I mean, even even cocaine is used to numb the retina for eye surgery. So we have an entire government bureaucracy that spends tens of billions of dollars a year fighting what is the illicit sale of legal commodities, right through the through the war on drugs. How's that going? Um, uh, having having personally participated in it, I can tell you it's not going near as well as we would want it to. Uh, you know, We have in the United States we have the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms alcohol, tobacco, and firearms are all legal. Um, In fact, firearms are actually constitutionally protected in the United States. And yet we have a massive bureaucracy that spends billions of dollars a a year fighting what is the illicit sale of legal commodities. Last time I checked on almost every country on earth, slavery, which is what we're talking about here, right? Human trafficking is just a very, very, uh, polished word for slavery slavery is illegal and yet we don't have a single government bureaucracy here in the united states or really anywhere else in the world that is solely focused on the human trafficking on the slavery problem
0: and we're going to get to more of that was it your work through the cia that led you to the bomber who was
1: trafficking kids um, that, that's, yes. One of the stories, uh, that got me into this, um, as far as who I was working for and what I was doing, whether it was the military or the CIA, um, is, is really irrelevant. Um, it was a, but yes, uh, we were, I was working overseas. I was actually in, in Afghanistan and we found a, uh, a human trafficker who was actually selling children to bomb builders and the bomb builder was using the children to test their bombs because uh, they wanted to make sure that they wouldn't go off if a child stepped on them, not because they cared about the child, but because they were trying to kill uh, you know, U.S. and British soldiers. Uh, I was actually living on a British military outpost uh, at the time. And when we found this information on a human trafficker, we couldn't I mean, there's really nobody to to give that intelligence to. There's no presidential mandate to report that information. Um, And even if we did, who do we push it to? So think about that. I mean, we're 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 two of the most powerful countries and empires the world has ever seen, militarily, intelligence from an intelligence capacity from a law enforcement capacity, from a technology capacity, from an economic capacity. I mean, by any way you measure it, we're talking about, I mean, the Western world is is more powerful now than it's ever been in any point in history. And yet we can kill people with flying robots from 6,000 miles away, but we don't have anybody who's solely focused on the human trafficking problem. So I'm sure, you know, uh, you know, some of the, the boys from uh, from Harefield or, or from some of the uh, uh, former SAS guys or special boat unit guys or something in your country, right? You know, your, your top level operators, ask them how many of them have ever done a human trafficking mission, not going after a drug trafficker who also happened to traffic children or going after a bomb builder who also happened to traffic children, ask them how many times they got a mission where their sole purpose was to confront a human trafficker and bring them to justice. And you'll find, I, I will actually be shocked if you can find even one instance. All I know from my life are you know former spies um, on both sides of the pond. I know, uh, you know the best of the military operators from both sides of the pond. And when I start asking all my friends, have you ever done a human trafficking mission? I couldn't find a single one who said yes. Some of my partners in law enforcement and friends in law enforcement had, but we're talking about such a small number. Imagine if we took all of the resources that we put into the counter narcotics fight and we put that into the human trafficking fight. Human trafficking would be done. I mean, it it would just be done. Uh, We put it into the child exploitation fight. It would be done. Um. So, it, you know, and I'm not saying that the the counter-narcotics fight is not important. I think in many ways it actually is very important because of what it feeds. Um, and it really depends on kind of what layer and what level you're looking at. And I think we're just now as a society starting to get to see, you know, where we need to pay attention and where we don't. Uh, because we've been paying attention to everything and that's just not working. So we're we're starting to understand that. But I do think that what we can all agree on uh, across all levels is that the exploitation of humans, um, especially the exploitation of children, regardless of if it's forced labor or commercial sex in nature is absolutely wrong. And it's the last of the black and white issues, right? The last of the absolute binary issues you're with us or against us on this issue. And if you're against us, Uh, Please reach out and let us know. We'll be happy to make you a target.
0: (laughs) I'm sure people are curious about the bomb maker. What type of bombs and
1: how did he trick the kids to step on bombs? So uh, I don't want to get into the details. Uh, I'm not really authorized to do that. But what I can say is that uh, the, the bombs that he was building were triggered by pressure. Uh, and he, it wasn't a matter of tricking. The children just had no idea, uh, what, what was going on. Um, and so he just wanted to make sure that the, the pressure that a child created wouldn't set off the bomb, but the pressure that you or I would create would.
0: how does trafficking occur mostly
1: in modern America? Uh, really in the same way it does in the entire Western world. Uh, Most, when when we talk about human trafficking holistically across the world, um, we were predominantly looking at forced labor. But when we start talking about Western societies, we're predominantly talking about commercial sex. Um, Now, when we talk commercial sex, commercial sex trafficking, oftentimes that looks the same as prostitution to the untrained eye, two very, very different things, right? Um, people who are prostituted um, are, not ne- are not engaging in that activity through fraud, force, or coercion. Human trafficking victims are being forced in to that situation. Um, so while on the surface it might look the same, it's actually very different. And most of this in the Western world happens online. You know, the red light districts of, uh, you know, or, or in America where in only one county prostitution is legal throughout the rest of the country, it, it's illegal. But everybody knew that there was the, the wrong side of, uh, uh, you know, the wrong side of town that you could go to where you could find, you know, uh, uh, women who were being prostituted walking what they call the track. Uh, you don't see that as much anymore because with the advent and the, pro- the proliferation of the smartphone and readily accessible uh, you know, internet right on the phone, people can find what they're looking for uh, within the commercial sex industry right online, which means that this all happens behind closed doors. So it's much more difficult for law enforcement to find. How young are
0: the girls that these traffickers are? grooming and manipulating
1: and what methods are they employed to gain their confidence in the United States, the best, statistics that we have come from the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, which is a private nonprofit that works with the government to do very much what we do, um, just on the child exploitation side. Um, They're specifically focused on missing kids and then a lot on the child pornography issue. Um, Their statistics show that the average age of entry into the human trafficking cycle is 12 to 14 years old. So think about that. (sighs) a 12 to 14 year old girl is then manipulated this day and age, often through social media or other internet communication or, you know, internet enabled communication. So we've seen it from gaming consoles and and the like, Uh, and they're manipulated into thinking that the person on the other end of that communication is going to solve all their problems. So one of the best things that parents can do is make sure that their that their teenage girls understand that nobody is the solution to all of their problems, and when some boy comes along, who some good looking older boy comes along who, you know, has the solution to all their problems, they need to run in the other direction. Um, now. There are also uh, young boys who are trafficked. Uh, We've been involved in a number of those cases, um, and the youngest that we have seen has been four years old, uh, but many of our partners at the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children have seen children uh, much younger.
0: Do you have any individual stories of situations you've encountered whereby you could describe the methods used to keep that person in captivity or manipulate them, how they kept the
1: parents uh, mm-hmm. at bay that, that kind of thing. What actually happens is pretty gruesome and so we probably won't get into that but there is a there is a uh, what, once once the girls are manipulated to the point that that they can make physical contact with the trafficker and then even then the trafficker will continue to manipulate them and this happens over a period of months to sometimes years. Uh, so they bring them in, um, in, into their, into what they call their stable. Uh, it's literally what they refer to it as they bring them into their stable, um, you know, physically, sexually, emotionally torment them and abuse them, uh, in order to just break their spirit. Uh, and they immediately get them hooked on narcotics as fast as possible. Uh, usually it's heroin. Um, we have seen cocaine, uh, we have seen, um, you know, Percocet, uh, you know, other types of opiates, but usually it's heroin. Uh, And heroin is a business decision, right? It's not the cheapest narcotic. Uh, You know, why aren't they using alcohol or marijuana? Well, because they're not getting the same effect they want. So while they will beat in these these girls brutally, um, you know, abuse them brutally, they have to have these girls in good enough condition in order to be able to sell them for an hour. Uh, and so they can't have them all black and blue. So what they do is they get them hooked on increasingly high levels of, of usually heroin. Um, and then if they, if they get out of line, then what they'll do is they'll just withhold the heroin. Um, and the trafficking victims that we've talked to who've been uh, addicted to these high levels of heroin, many of them will, uh, don't even know how to shoot themselves up they are completely reliant on the trafficker or what is called um, you know, the bottom girl, um, which is essentially the, the trafficker's business manager, um, completely reliant on them in order to get their heroin fix. So then if they get out of line, the trafficker withholds the heroin. Uh, these victims have told us that, the, uh, that it feels like their bones are breaking from inside their body that they, they start to they start to hurt so bad from the heroin withdrawals and they'll get to the point where well, they would do anything in order to get the heroin. And so that's what that's what the trafficker does. Um, and there's another much uh, uh, I'm assuming there's not a lot of young children that listen to your podcast. So no, 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 you're, you're
0: fine. You can say anything you want. You're fine.
1: Yeah. If there are uh, any parents with young children, this is probably a good time to turn this off. Um, there's another reason that they use heroin. Uh, and it's because if a, uh, if the girl gets too out of line and they just need to do away with her, they can give her what they call a hot shot and they can just OD her on heroin. And then law enforcement shows up to the hotel room and sees what appears to be a prostitute on the floor, uh, with a heroin needle hanging out of her arm. And they're like, Oh, just another, just another opiate OD cut and dry, you know, closed case. And now the trafficker, uh, doesn't have to worry about law enforcement pursuing a a homicide uh, because it because everything appears that this is just a you know a, a heroin junkie who OD'd. Good If I'm getting a bit speechless here, that's absolutely horrific. Going back
0: to the prevention phase of this, then earlier on you said about parents looking out for guys approaching girls 12 to 14, for example, offering to solve all their problems. Do these guys pose as boyfriends initially? Is that what you meant?
1: Yes, absolutely. So the really, statistically, any – or not statistically. When you look at the, the holistic human trafficking problem, really any vulnerable person, is uh, is vulnerable to being taken advantage of by human traffickers. Um, now you start adding in uh, lower socioeconomic status, um, specifically with girls, you add uh, the lack of a positive male role model. Uh, you add, uh, right, we're in the middle of a COVID pandemic. Um, some of these kids, the really the only structure they had was to go to school and we took that away from them. And then we handed them a, a laptop uh, and gave them unrestricted ac- access to the internet. So now they're bored sitting around on the internet with all of those other complications. And what happens? Uh, they end up coming into contact with traffickers. Uh, so, so you start adding all those complicating factors in and you end up with vulnerable populations that are being, uh, you know, that are being preyed upon. So for, for, for not just parents, but also the friends of other teenage girls to, to pay attention to what's going on. I know when I was growing up, my friends knew way more about what was happening to me uh, and going on with me in my life than my parents did. Um, and that is definitely the case predominantly with with teenage girls. Um, and so for a for a teenage girl to recognize when one of her friends is being groomed into a trafficking situation is is actually the best form of prevention um, from from just a, a general public noticing what's going on. But we believe, and this is really the thesis of our organization, we believe that the ultimate form of prevention for human trafficking is not to have any human traffickers, right? A human trafficker is the common denominator in this equation and when we remove them, the equation falls apart. You cannot have a trafficking victim if you do not have a human trafficker. And so that is where we spend our time and resources. So as the girls and boys age in captivity,
0: does the reach a point whereby the traffickers, they're of no further
1: use to the traffickers? And what happens to them at that point? The So, yes, that's exactly what happens. Uh, At a certain point, there's really three different paths that the that the trafficking victims will take. Um, Oftentimes you will see them on the side of the road uh, and they look very much like a uh, washed up person who is being prostituted. Uh, Well, if the trafficker just kicks them out of of his stable because he doesn't want to deal with them anymore or, or, or he feels like he can replace them with somebody who's going to be more compliant, uh, be, uh, you know, bring in more money, uh, then, then they'll just, just kick them out. Um, that's actually the best of the circumstances. Um, the, uh, the average rate of survival is seven years.
3: Um,
1: so usually within a seven year period, they'll end up dead by, Mm. by any number of means. Um, and then, uh, the, But actually, one of the saddest things that happens is you have trafficking victims who start to cooperate with their trafficker in order to get better treatment. They become that trafficker's bottom girl and then transition into becoming a trafficker themselves. Uh, And we've seen that happen. I mean, that that, that happens a lot. Uh, And that's actually part of the human trafficker's business model. So
0: has the internet then made all young people vulnerable to this? Or do the traffickers particularly target care homes, orphanages, people they feel will have no parents who can call the cops?
1: Yes. Uh, So all young people are vulnerable. All young people with access to the internet and all young people in general are vulnerable to some type of exploitation you start adding the complicating factors that I was speaking of earlier, and that just increases their vulnerability. So traffickers aren't going to spend a lot of time um, with uh, with low probability resources, right? So great example, there was uh, conspiracy theories going around the internet in, in the United States about uh, uh, if you found a water bottle on, uh, on your car, that that was a human trafficker who was marking your car as a young lady, um, you know, to so that so that he knew you know which car to watch uh, to come abduct you. Complete absolute, as you would say, rubbish. Just not true. Um, there was uh, this conspiracy theory going around that a online furniture company was uh, was selling children and, and young girls through their website completely not true. Um, traffickers don't need to go to those kinds of lengths, um, because there are so many vulnerable populations in the world. So runaways, um, the national center for missing and exploited children, uh, estimates that within 48 hours of being a runaway, a runaway girl will be approached by a human trafficker. Um, you have, uh, like you said, uh, orphanages, um, uh, children in the United States at 18 years old, they, they do what's called aging out of the foster care system. So they'll go from 17 and uh, 364 days old to having a house and, and people that are responsible for them to, to at 18 and one day old, no longer having a house and anybody who's responsible for them. Um, that's incredibly sad that just created a very vulnerable person who is now most likely going to be approached by a human trafficker. And, and and you really have to remove the emotion from this and just look at it through a strict academic lens. This is their, these human traffickers, this is their business and they're good at it because they've got a lot of reps at it. And they were trained and mentored by people who were good at it because they had a lot of reps at it. Um, so they know to go hang out at bus stops in the United States and look for what appears to be runaways. They know to hang out outside of community colleges and fast food restaurants, and uh, they know how to target the types of people that they're looking for. Um, And that's just here in the United States, right? Um, And so we start talking about Western countries in general. Um, You might have a uh, I, actually, there's, there's a story um, from one of our advisors uh, who, who works with us at DeliverFund, um, a woman named Tamea Nagy. Uh, and she has a phenomenal book you can buy on our, uh, on our store at deliverfund.org. And her book details how she grew up in Bucharest and uh, applied for a job as a nanny. So she thought in Toronto got to Toronto. They took her passport and uh, immediately abused her and put her in a strip club and made her start dancing. Uh, and then kept taking the money saying that she, you know, it's, it's called debt bondage, saying that she owed them for all the money that she had, that they had spent to bring her into Canada. Um, and she knew there was a chance that this could all be for, for not. Uh, that it could all not be true, but she was willing to take that chance because of the circumstances that she was coming out of in Romania. And you see that in Moldova and Croatia and all over, uh, you know, all over Eastern Europe, all over, uh, you know, impoverished countries, right? South America, Central America, India. Um, And so, so, That's why when you start looking at the strategy for fighting human trafficking, why we're so focused on the human trafficker, because unfortunately, in this day and age, the population of vulnerable people is almost incalculable. So when you start looking at the economics of this, right, the supply of what is the the product is unlimited. So you can't really fight human trafficking when the supply of that product is unlimited. Um, the demand, unfortunately, is also unlimited, um, right? Uh, predominantly male, uh, especially when we start talking about the commercial sex industry. And so it's very important for us as a society to understand you know, what, what's connecting the two, the, the, the supply to the demand, it's the human trafficker And so that's what we need to target with as much vigilance as we do anything else.
0: What procedures or protocol do you have in place to extricate people who are being trafficked? And what success
1: success stories do you have? So we... Uh, The first is, you know, when people hear that our background is military special operations and intelligence agencies and, you know, we came from kinetic units within those intelligence agencies, immediately they think that we're kicking doors and rogue vigilante justice taking things (laughs) in their own hands, right? Like it's some kind of Liam Neeson movie. Um, uh, I like to say that, you know, the taken movies while entertaining are not documentaries. Uh, We we work directly with law enforcement. We like to say that, you know, we were shooters and now we just use computers. Uh, we work directly with law enforcement so that those, uh, those law enforcement um, officers have the intelligence that they need. Uh, now it's a law enforcement officer that then rescues the victim and then puts them into the system, uh, you know, for victim restoration. Okay. Have you got actual stories you can tell us about? Didn't you guys get something closed down? Was it what was it called? Back back page? Yes, or something? yes. Uh, so we we attacked the human trafficking system holistically, uh, and one of the the most prolific online advertisers globally was a company. Uh, called Backpage.com. Uh, we were one of many different groups um, involved. Uh, primarily, most of them were law enforcement, uh, but we provided a lot of the intelligence that helped law enforcement figure out how they were laundering their money and what it was they were actually doing. Uh, and 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 now, if you go to Backpage.com, you'll see a big logo there that says that uh, their website was seized by the Department of Justice. And not only was it seized by the Department of Justice, but we then um, happened to know that their headquarters was uh, was going to be unoccupied. So we actually moved our International Human Trafficking Analysis Center and our headquarters into the old Backpage.com space. Uh, and there there's many, many stories we can tell. Um, there's there's not there's not many that we can tell from the social media perspective. But if people follow us on social media, follow us on YouTube. Um, and, uh, or go, just go to the deliverfund.org website. You can find, uh, stories of, of success stories of, you know, in one case, a human trafficking victim literally being pulled out of the trunk of a car by a, uh, by a law enforcement officer. Um, and here we are five years later after that, um, she actually is doing very well, uh, and is actually working for us as a consultant now what
0: was backpage actually doing and what was the story of the 12 year old who was readvertised at
1: 18 years old yeah so backpage uh um and this isn't you know just my opinion anymore these uh these executives actually pled guilty to this uh to a number of charges but but human trafficking was one of them uh so what they were doing was uh when somebody would advertise a a minor for sex on their website they were actually changing that age um and they had some computer programs doing this automatically instead of flagging it and bringing it to somebody's attention and saying hey tell the, tell law enforcement about this now um, their computer programs were changing the name to eighteen or changing the age to eighteen, so that the ad could go through. So think wow. about the evil there. Uh-huh. Um, now, when it comes to the you know conversation around uh, you know persons who are prostituted or escorts, as we call them, we all know what's actually happening. Uh, and the the various websites um, that provide advertising for those um, uh, for, for the people engaging in prostitution, we that, that's not really our fight. Um, the data is very clear on if you legalize prostitution, you get more human trafficking. Every single country that's ever tried it, Germany's the last one. They see a massive spike in human trafficking. So we know that is the case. Um, However, the Nordic model of decriminalization of prostitution uh, works very well. And we know the data shows that decriminalization of prostitution actually brings down numbers of human trafficking. Um, But at the end of the day, those are just policies. Um, You've got to look at what is facilitating the human trafficking business to happen at scale. And what is happening is the proliferation of of internet technologies. So law enforcement doesn't have the right to approach you in your home, thank God, um, right? Or or just approach you in your hotel room, um, in any of your private spaces. Well, because traffickers don't have to advertise their victims on the street anymore, they now advertise their victims online which means that it's much more difficult for law enforcement to find them. But that's where we come in at Deliver Fund because what we do is we put together all of that cyber intelligence package um, and we make sure that if something is happening overseas and we have the intel, all the right jurisdictions are are informed in on the case holistically. So how difficult is it then to actually arrest have a trafficker arrested
0: and prosecuted and put away for a long period of time from speaking to you just now i get the impression there are layers of insulation you gave the example of someone who had been trafficked and then became a procurer perhaps that woman would be stationed in that property so when the police raid it then they're arresting Really, you know, someone who's a victim or someone who was a victim who's, who's entered into criminality, which creates
1: all kinds of complexities for prosecutors, right. I would imagine. Right. And so uh, that's actually part of the problem that we address through the training courses that we provide for law enforcement. Um, it's always been a problem where you would have law enforcement would go arrest what they thought was a prostitute and arrest her for prostitution. Um, but it turned out she was a human trafficking victim. She was being forced to do this, but now she has a prostitution charge and we Mm. just made her life more difficult. So we train law enforcement, uh, other groups do as well, um, but we train law enforcement how to look for the signs of human trafficking so that they can approach that person as a victim and say, hey, we know that you, and, and that's where our intel comes in because our intel will actually inform their conversation and they can say, we know that you are actually a victim. We know that this person is your trafficker. All we need is a, is a nod yes, and you're going to get the services you need as a victim, and that trafficker is going to get the handcuffs, not you. Uh, and one of the important things uh, for every country to do, and one of the things that, that we do in the United States is we have what's called the T visa. So folks from uh, who come across the border, uh, right? We, we talk about human smuggling and human trafficking sometimes in the same conversation, but those are two very different things. Um, however, peoples who are smuggled across a border and exist outside the legal system of that country are then vulnerable to becoming human traffickers human trafficking victims. And so you can see a general theme here, which is if you have vulnerabilities um, within populations, those vulnerabilities will be exploited by human traffickers for for their ends, which is profit. So what what we do by focusing on that human trafficker is try to actually protect those vulnerable populations by making sure there's no human trafficker to prey on them in the first place. So with traffickers you've helped put away, What
0: sentence lengths are they receiving, and do you think those sentence lengths are sufficient?
1: I think anything less than life is probably uh, <laughs> too too uh, too low for human trafficking. Um, the, unfortunately, the the minimum mandatory sentence for human trafficking in the United States is 15 years. Uh, at the state level, there's multiple states: Montana, Texas. Places uh, predominantly in the West, where you can get a life sentence at the at a, on a state level human trafficking charge. Uh, but the 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 highest sentence that we've seen in one of our uh, one of the cases that we were involved in uh, was three life sentences. Uh, but that human trafficker, um, I mean, that, that was a horrific case. Uh, human trafficker murdered one of the victims in a park, uh, in front of his other victims as a warning. Um, he was keeping the victims in dog crates, uh, mm-hmm. force feeding them narcotics. Um, a very, very brutal, brutal person. Um, and, and he was recruiting relatively young, uh, young girls who were working at, uh, fast food restaurants as their summer jobs.
0: So for people scratching their heads wondering where this is happening you mentioned that the Super Bowl becomes like an absolute center for it could you expand on that a bit please
1: Yes yeah, so the Super Bowl um we were just at uh what's called WrestleMania um which is this kind of like fake wrestling thing that happens um uh we were uh you know we we've been at a number of these different sporting events so anytime you have a group of people coming together uh, for some type of leisure activity, so in this case to watch the Super Bowl, what you have is a market opportunity for human traffickers. Um, And so we see human traffickers will actually coordinate with each other. So last time uh, we had the Super Bowl, uh, the Super Bowl was in Tampa, Florida. So human traffickers who lived in Tampa, Florida were calling their human trafficker friends from around the country saying, hey, bring your girls down here because they didn't have enough, uh, you know, enough girls to service the demand that was out there. Uh, and so, it, so it's not just the Super Bowl, it's the Super Bowl, it's SHOT Show, it's the Consumer Electronics Show, it's the, um, uh, the adult uh, entertainment industry conventions, it's uh, really any type of convention, uh, you know, NBA Final Four, all of these different things that, that, that are various sporting events um, where people will come from around the world, really, Um, to watch the events, World Cup, great example, Um, right? Massive human trafficking spikes anytime you see this, Uh, anytime you have a bunch of people coming together for for sport or leisure. If a trafficked uh,
0: boy or girl were watching this video right now, what would you advise them
1: to enable them to break free? Uh, I would be uh, shocked if that was the case um, because usually they don't have that level of freedom, but if they were, Um, I would let them know that law enforcement is their friend. Um, Law enforcement is not, law enforcement is really the only way out. Uh, And so law enforcement is their friend and it is in their best interest to cooperate with law enforcement. And if, if law enforcement doesn't believe them that they are a human trafficker, tell that law enforcement officer to contact Deliver Fund, and we will give that law enforcement officer the intelligence they need to be able to prove the human trafficking case. And that law enforcement officer, if you're a law enforcement officer watching this, it's significantly better for your career to have a human trafficker that you put away instead of a human trafficking victim. Do you have
0: resources on your website for concerned
1: parents? We do. Uh, So you can find any of those resources by uh, visiting deliverfund.org. That's D-E-L-I-V-E-R fund.org. You can find us at Deliver Fund on all the social media platforms, and you can find us on YouTube as well. Um, I think one of the best series that we put out uh, is put out by one of our senior targeting analysts uh, by the name of of Kara Smith, we call her uh, Kara the Huntress because she is just so good at hunting down human traffickers. Um, She had an Air Force background and then she uh, went to the National Security Agency and then the Department of Justice. So she's been doing this a very long time. And uh, she actually has infiltrated Human traffickers' social media platforms, and she will she puts out these little one to two minute videos uh, that we have consolidated on YouTube that actually show how human traffickers work. Uh, and so that is uh, that is actually one of the best ways to educate yourself is to you know watch those videos and see how a human trafficker works because then those parents will know how best to talk to their child about how to prevent human trafficking, and they'll know what will resonate with them and what will not.
0: And we're gonna have all your links below the video. I urge people to support your work. I get asked a lot about the relationship between the cartels and human traffickers. And I have a guy out of Sinaloa who used to work for a cartel. And he said that the drug lords are making so much money from the product they don't need to be risking getting involved in human trafficking, and also the, um, the there's like a you know don't harm women or kids moral code. But there are loose cannons within the industry that you know have their fingers in many pies. Uh,
1: absolutely. Uh, so uh, we've uh, we've we've had the same uh, information given to us. Uh, actually I actually have a friend who has a lot of friends who were, uh, were members of the the mafia. Um, and they specifically, you know, like hurting children was just a no-go. Um, right. And, and so in many ways, uh, you know, coming from my background, I don't, I don't understand how it's okay to, you know, run massive amounts of drugs into a country that kill people. Um, you know, but I'm glad to know that there is a line, um, and, you know, forcing, Uh, You know, nobody uh, I mean, at the end of the day, we do have to admit that nobody is forcing anybody to do these narcotics, um, uh, but forcing children to do heinous, heinous things uh, is should just not be okay for for anybody. Um, And so, uh, you know, when I was in Afghanistan, as an example, I could understand why some of these villagers were shooting at us um i mean you start driving down the my, the the streets in my neighborhood with a uh, with, you know with a tank and you're going to get shot at uh, by me as well so it, you could a- academically understand it it wasn't an excuse but it was a reason you could understand there is no excuse or reason at all for justifying the exploitation of children or other human beings in general so how are we gonna get governments to take
0: the resources from things like the war on drugs and put it into
1: trafficking and protecting kids? You'd think that would be a priority. We're doing it right now. It's gonna be a generational shift. It's going to take a lot of uh, it's gonna take a it's gonna take a lot of this right here, dialogue where with, you know, thousands or tens of thousands or millions of people getting uh, informed about what is happening. I mean, we do have to, we do have to hold our politicians accountable. Every time I hear a politician say that human trafficking is extremely important to them, I say, that is awesome. Show me the budget line item that funds your fight against human trafficking, because we can see the budget line item that funds the war on narcotics and alcohol, tobacco, firearms, property crime, auto theft, Where is the budget line item that funds the fight against human trafficking in the area that you're responsible for as a politician? And if they can't point to that budget line item, then they're not actually taking the human trafficking problem seriously. And it is our responsibility as voters in Western countries to make sure that our politicians are held accountable for what they do or do not do about the human trafficking problem and if they don't do anything about the human trafficking problem then we need to get rid of them as politicians and put somebody in office who will do something about the human trafficking problem and the next time i hear a politician say that they're tough on crime right or a da say that they're tough on crime or an attorney general say that they're tough on crime but i don't see a laundry list of human trafficking prosecutions then i know that they are lying to us they're not actually tough on the right crime you got a
0: question come in from the viewers and that is are traffickers using online methods more and more to groom kids and if so how have you
1: adapted to this at deliver fund in your fight against trafficking so um human traffickers are using online methods predominantly um actually physical grooming in uh in you know developing that that relationship with them is actually pretty rare it mainly happens through the internet uh and how we do that Uh, That is our secret sauce uh, that I'm not going to reveal. Um, What I can say is that if you're a human trafficker and you touch the Internet, it is just a matter of time before we figure out who you are, where you are, and we arrange a meeting between you and law enforcement.
0: How vulnerable are kids getting enticed into the modeling industry? Because we saw with the Epstein case promises of becoming Victoria's secrets models, Jean-Luc Brunel, this pipeline from the East European
1: countries. What's your perspective on that? It's, it's very real. Um, and it's a big problem. And, you know, men who are exploiting, uh, these women, um, well, they're, they're bullies as what they are. And, uh, you know, myself, um, I know a thing or two about uh, confronting bullies. So does my co-founder who's the Navy SEAL sniper. So does my director of operations who was a, uh, you know, who was a Navy SEAL and an intelligence operative himself. And so, um, you know, our job as men is to protect the vulnerable, not to exploit them. So the Weinsteins, the, the Epsteins, these cowardly, cowardly, small, feeble little men who would abuse vulnerable people, um, right. Some some you know, beautiful woman from Moldova who just is looking to get out of, you know, the poverty that she's in um, and they they in their their evil mindset. Um, convince themselves that they're helping them. Um, it's absolute trash um, and they are absolute trash and God loves them. But it's up to us to to hold them accountable for, you know, for the abuse that they're uh, they're visiting on the vulnerable. How prevalent are female traffickers? We've got the example of Galen Maxwell. And how do you think her case will play out? So uh, how her case specifically will play out? Um, I don't necessarily want to comment on. Um, however, vulner- uh, uh, female traffickers are very common. Uh, nobody knows how, how to manipulate another woman. Like another woman, um, unfortunately, most of the time, and obviously there are there are rarities, um, but most of the time, when you have a female human trafficker, she usually was a human trafficking victim who became a human trafficker, and that an doesn't excuse or her 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 uh, conduct as a human trafficker, but it does provide us a good reason to at least have a little bit of. Um, of transparency into what created that female human trafficker. Uh, but the, but make no mistake about it, by and large, the market driver is men on both sides of that equation. And I think it is, it is our responsibility as men to hold ourselves to a higher standard and to hold other men to higher standards. If your investigation led to you, um, discovering
0: a trafficker was located in a foreign country, Um, such as Ukraine or, you know, uh, somewhere perhaps that doesn't have extradition, what would you do at that stage?
1: We have a number of techniques um, and we do have (laughs) friends in other countries. uh, And it's all about incentivizing the system to do the right thing, right? So just because uh, we've had a number of human traffickers who were involved in other things, and maybe uh, the prosecution in that country or in that jurisdiction didn't necessarily have the resources or the or the will to go after the human trafficking problem. But that's OK. We've had them put away for money laundering. We've had traffickers put away for all kinds of crimes um, that unfortunately. Uh, at least in the United States, have higher sentences than. Uh, than human trafficking. Uh, you can get a significantly higher sentence for money laundering as an example than you can for human trafficking. Uh, and prosecutors really like those money laundering cases because they're just math. Either you did or you did not. Love the way you smiled
0: before you answered that question, Nick. If, I, <laughs> if, if anyone's got any further questions, um, if you could please post them now because we're we're wrapping up. Um, someone has sent something in. Let's have a, let's have a look here it says... Um, is a female trafficker of women worse than a male trafficker of women, in your view, given the concept of sisterhood? This has come from Matthew Steeples. I,
1: I don't, I don't think so. I, I think that anybody who uh, who would exploit another human uh, is is just an evil person, um, and I don't care what their gender identity is. I don't care what their uh, you know what their religious affiliation is, or excuses they have about what might have happened to them in the past. I mean, this is this is this is right and wrong that is woven into the fabric of every person's soul. Uh, and so, again, it, it's the last of the black and white issues. You're with us or against us on this.
0: Another Nick has asked, "Why do you think there is no global focus on child sex trafficking?"
1: You know that is a very complicated question, um, and I don't have a good answer to it. Uh, I think in some countries, uh, what we consider child trafficking is actually a cultural thing. Um, I think that uh, there are there are poverty issues at play, there are uh, crime issues at play, there are violence issues at play. Uh, there, there's that, that is a. Very, very complicated, uh, complicated problem. Um, One of the things I do think, though, that we need to answer that problem is significantly more focus on the study of human trafficking markets globally. Uh, Governments can tell you exactly what happens with narcotics um, markets, with with illicit weapons markets, um, but they can't tell us exactly what is happening with human trafficking markets. And again, that just goes to highlight, uh, you know, highlight the problem. Uh, also universities do all types of research in poverty and, 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 these various issues, yet very few of them do any coordinated, robust research around the human trafficking problem. And, and that's a problem that we, as a, uh, you know, as a society need to solve. Have you come across any cases of people being trafficked
0: so that the organs could be used?
1: yes, uh, unfortunately we we have seen that, um, which is uh which is equally horrific uh, and when we talk about human trafficking, you know there's so many different types of trafficking, but at the end of the day, it's just an exploitation of a human um, regardless of the use. Uh, and so the coordination of the data around Oregon trafficking and labor trafficking and commercial sex trafficking, um, you know, child brides, all of that, uh, we, we just need to have a better understanding of. Just got two more questions here. Let's see. Is there
0: a specific area in the world right now where trafficking is exponentially worse than other
1: regions in your experience? Depends on the type of trafficking. Uh, so when we talk about commercial sex trafficking, uh, we're we're specifically talking prim- primarily about the Western world. Uh, when we talk about forced labor, we're primarily talking about second and third world countries. So it really depends on on the type of trafficking uh, and really what is happening, right? If if the price of oil is high, you're going to see more trafficking in in oil rich countries. If the um, uh, you know, if, if the economy in, in one Western country is very good versus another, then you're going to see more commercial sex trafficking over there. I mean, really, the trafficking follows the money um, at all levels. Just get this final question then. And it is. Um, let's see, where did it
0: go? How do they get to these younger children is it through CPS, DFCS in the US? Is it adoptions, foster care? It boggles my mind how so many children go missing. And I remember when I used to visit Arizona as a kid, and my aunt would take me to the post office, and a wall was just completely plastered with photos of missing kids. I was like, "Whoa!" Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, how 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 do they get to these
1: younger kids? Um, So most of the kids that they, uh, that human traffickers target are just targeted online. Um, however, runaways, uh, foster kids, uh, you know, any vulnerable population ends up, ends up, you know, being targeted by, by human traffickers. Um, we've seen some, and I think this is kind of what part of this question alludes to, um, we've seen in this, uh this, uh, are you familiar with this QAnon conspiracy weirdness that's going on yeah. here in the States? Yeah. Um, completely not true. I have worked at the absolute highest levels of the government, highest security clearance there is. Um, I cannot believe that people have so much faith that they think that the government could pull off some type of conspiracy. I mean, the government can barely figure out how to put its pants on in the morning. <laughs> and yet <laughs> people think that the government can pull off some type of grand conspiracy. Um, but uh, you know the the child the child services system um, uh, at all levels is is very broken. Um, it's very underfunded. Um, I have we have we have seen individuals who are social workers who are working um, uh, really who are pedophiles who end up getting those types of jobs because that gives them more access to children. One person being involved in something bad within a broader system does not make the entire uh, broad system bad. Um, but, you know, the, the child services and family protective services and all that is, is a great example of underfunding. Um, we cannot expect those, system, those systems to work at the levels that we want them to work at if we're not willing to give them the resources they need in order to accomplish that mission.
0: Wow, absolutely brilliant, Nick. The world needs more people like you doing this kind of stuff. And how can people support you? I know people are going to be deeply moved by what they've just heard. All your links
1: will be down. there. What's the best ways people can support you? best way to support us is uh, is really to financially partner with us. Uh, the work that we do at Deliver Fund, this is not volunteer work. Um, for our analysts, this is a full-time job. They work incredibly hard. Uh, and uh, we, we have to we have to keep them working towards this issue. Uh, the technology that we build is absolute state of the art. Um, but that doesn't come cheap. Uh, and the, the resources that we're providing to human trafficking victims and to law enforcement uh, is, is free to the departments uh, that, that need it. So, uh, so yeah, the, the best way to, to really support what it is that we're doing is to financially you know, partner with us, introduce us to companies who want to help out, to uh, people with uh, very specific expertise and skill sets who, who want to help out. Uh, and really, just in general, uh, spread the word and tell as many people as you can.
0: God, we get messages from ex-cops, ex-soldiers all the time saying, what can we do? Perhaps I should put them in contact with you.
1: Yes. Um, the one caveat I will say is uh, if you come from a background like me and you're a special operator and intelligence operative and, you know, you you, you kind of live for the thrill of the hunt, uh, we're not a rogue vigilante organization. Uh, working for Deliver Fund, you'll never leave a keyboard. <laughs> Uh, right. So if you don't have the requisite computer skills, um, you know, gun skills and, you know, on the ground skills are irrelevant, uh, within our fight against, against human trafficking. Uh, and so really the best thing to do, you know, ex-military, ex-law enforcement, especially ex-military, um, ex-military has, uh, a bit of a culture of massage parlors and, uh, and brothels. And I tell all of my friends, Who who were in the military, I tell them that if they've engaged in what they think is the prostitution community within the commercial sex industry more than three times, there is a 100% chance that they have fed money into the human trafficking system and actually engaged in those activities with a human trafficker. That's just a very harsh reality. That's not political. Um, that's just what the data shows. So, uh, so thinking twice about uh, the websites that people contribute to, the, um, you know, the extracurricular activities that they contribute to, uh, will go a long way in helping to fight uh, human trafficking by reducing demand. Do you ever come to London, Nick? I don't, uh, but uh, I'm actually trying to, trying to limit my overseas uh, travel right now, um, because it's quite a pain. Uh, but uh, I hope to uh, actually within the near future. Well, let so us, us know.
0: would love to get you in the studio and, and do some more on this. It's um, right at the forefront of our mission. So, you know, again, we salute you. Thanks for spending so much time for, with us this evening and anybody watching this, all the links are going to be down there. So please go over and support Nick's work. Cheers from London, my friend.
1: Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Take care. Good night
1: wow what did you think of that good grief
0: it's been just blockbuster after blockbuster guest tonight and to finish with Nick just really cemented what we've been saying but to hear it from someone who's come within the CIA from the law enforcement perspective to say Look at all the resources going into this war on drugs. Look at all the resources stopping iller- illegal um, trading in you know certain products. Yet the lack of resources going into protecting kids aren't kids more precious than drugs than commercial products there's a complete unbalance between what the government is spending its money on versus the interests of society and again politicians what do they care about votes Nick said it's up to us if a politician says they are tough on crime to say does that include human trafficking and if it doesn't include human trafficking tell them to get it on their agenda or boot them out vote for the people who are including that upon the agenda. As we've moved over to this subject matter in the last couple of years, my brain has been trying to formulate ways, strategies that we can employ to combat this. And... We've got the mayor interview coming up soon, and that's going to absolutely blow your minds. She was bred by her father just to be abused it's It's so sad. We had the prosecutor come on who said we could you know get mayor in front of these people in politics. This prosecutor had made changes in the u k legal system It's like everything's just coming together all of a sudden and now we've got Nick tonight fill in even more parts of the puzzle for us to actually get changes made and learn where the websites are and the people who need our support the most are who are actually making changes and saving people. I'd love to get Nick back on and hear more about people that he saved. Um, but he did spend extra time with us this evening, and I really appreciate that. Huge thank you to all the guests tonight. Huge thank you to the Patreons. We had over a hundred simultaneously, a new record. And um, you guys, you know, no matter what happens in the mainstream world, you guys are enabling us to keep putting out this content four nights a week. And so much of it is part of changing people's hearts and minds about important social issues, people who've been abused, how they end up in the prison system, how they end up on drugs. Next time you look at a homeless person, don't just think, you know, that's some criminal or heroin addict. Ask them, how did they get there? What led to them being there? Were they discarded from a brothel because they'd reached their sell-by date and the trafficker just kicked them out, knowing. They've got this addiction and the cops are never going to take them seriously. How many of the people out there homeless perhaps have gone through that? So I just keep learning so much from all of these great guests. And it makes me, you know, think more and more differently about people's situations, changing my worldview constantly and opening our hearts so we could see human suffering. There's just so much of it going on. And obviously a lot of it now is coming from the from these sick bastards who are doing this to the kids. I know Ron Swanson if he was here right now he'd have a lot stronger things to say. He would have his pedo hammer out, which he did have his pedo hammer out, um on Friday night's live stream when we were talking about um I told him about the Mayor story. So all right. Thank you for all the questions. Thank you for the guest suggestions. Thank you, Fred and Chris and Amy in Alabama. Snap face right there. I see you right now. Um, thanks, everyone, for supporting. This time next week, I will no longer be at 666,000 subs. I'm 150 away. It <laughs> got stuck. But we're going to move on here soon. I've got, got a big interview coming out on Mike Franchise's channel, the Mafia guy. Him and Sammy the Bull are the two biggest ones um, with Mafia stories right now on YouTube. And Michael Francis said when he was in L.A. working for the Mafia, him and the fellas were aware of the English guy that was competing against Sammy the Bull Gravano, confirmed by Michael Francis. So I'll see if I can put that out as a clip um, because Sammy seems to have amnesia, He's saying he wasn't even trafficking ecstasy. Alright peeps, take care out there. Hope to see you next week on AU12 and we've got True Crime Podcast 6pm tomorrow and we've also got um, Ron Swanson Friday night. Thanks Ash as well for making all this possible. He is the uh, workaholic behind the guest scheduling. Ash can now go to bed in the Philippines. All right, how do I end this? Okay, here we go. All right, take care. Cheers, thank you.